shotglassdigital.com. This episode of Geek Out Loud is brought to you by audible.com. Head over to audibletrial.com slash geekout and get your free 30-day trial and audiobook from audible.com, the leading provider of audio entertainment content. I've got to do this better. This can be, <laughs> this can be cooler. Hey, can't this be cooler than what it is? No? That's all I got? audibletrial.com slash geekout. this episode of Geek Out Loud, we welcome Kay from Fangirl Blog and a, other things, podcasts and everything. We're just going to geek out. It's what I call an OG episode of Geek Out Loud on your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. everyone and welcome to geek out loud we say it's your safe place to geek out on the internet but let's be honest if you're on the internet it's a safe place to geek out anymore these days maybe possibly i mean no one's going to like beat you up for geeking out on the internet i don't know that anyone's going to geek listen basically what happens is is i live in a little redneck town where everyone looks at me weird when i start talking about the things that i love and so i had to start a podcast because no one looks at you weird when you say yeah i've got a podcast Wait, that's not right either. <laughs> it's so good to have you along with us, everyone. Uh, we're going to have some good times tonight. And to help us do so is uh, a friend that I've met through a friend. And uh, she's been on multiple episodes of our podcast about Disney's Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, Rebel Yell. That, the name of the pod... I'm getting myself tongue-tied here. She's been on multiple podcasts. She's been on Rebel Yell a couple of times, guys. That's our podcast about Star Wars Rebels. And every time she has great insight and good times. And and I knew that there were some things that I love that she loves. And I'm like, we just got to have a good conversation. Just move everyone out of the way and let's talk this stuff. And uh, she is a... she Gee whiz. I'm going to go ahead and say she's a cosplayer... She's now a seasoned convention goer. She's a blogger. She's a podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Kay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? It's going okay. How yeah. about you? You know, it's it's rolling along. It's starting yeah. to heat up where I'm at in temperature-wise. And so my my reaction to that is either get to water or get to air conditioning. Yeah. So and and stay in one of the other. Do not leave if you don't have to, and unfortunately, too many times I have to. So, but um, but man, we are we're smack dab on the uh, on, on the hills. We're we're just after 
uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. There's been a thousand different million trailers dropped for different things coming up down the road with uh, superheroes and geek. Do what's that? That's accurate. It, it really is. I mean, like, it just seems like we're getting bombarded with all kinds of stuff. And, and a lot of times when, you know, I like to have people on to help process some of this stuff. And so that's, we're going to do a little bit of processing tonight. Um, but I mean, things like, I, what you you mentioned that Avengers before we before we went live and got on air you mentioned that Avengers was in your top ten movies to see this summer or this year this year yeah um, every or for the past like two years now mm-hmm. I've done that for Fangirl Blog I pick ten movies and I pick them like in the winter in the year before right. when I don't have a ton of information on most of them <laughs> so it's a little bit of a crapshoot but yeah yeah Avengers seemed like that was a good bet how much now how much does 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 it end up changing as you find out more about stuff um well i would say like for avengers i was kind of getting weary of all the advertising Mm. and i was less excited about it when than when i put it on my list by the time i saw it yeah and thank you for using the term weary correctly (laughs) because sometimes people say weary when they mean wary ah so Around here they do it. That might be just that might that might be wow. Hello, Southern Steve. That <laughs> that might be just a, a a South Georgia thing. I don't know. Um, but I do hear people say I'm getting really weary of this person because they're they're acting really strange. And I'm like, you mean wary? Do you mean are you being aware of them? Are you wary? Um, so I'm sorry. Let me get back to my my point at hand with the, <laughs> with the top ten movie list. I'm sure Force Awakens is on there without saying. That goes yes, without saying. Um, I've got so much I want to ask you about Star Wars Celebration stuff as we get on into the show. But I, I just want to point out that Star Wars Celebration was your first celebration? Yes. And it was your first time really doing any cosplay? At a convention. At a yeah. convention. Not well, at, yeah, a, I, did, I did like a shield agent slash Black Widow thing at Geek Girl Con once, but okay. it like... It was way closer to normal everyday clothes than oh. what I wore. To <laughs> it was basically what she wore. It was basically what she wore in the mall in Captain America: Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, I am stoked to have you on. I think we're going to have a good time, and and I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me because it's going to be fun times. Um, before we get in too far into things, though, I want to remind everyone and say thank you to everyone for using the Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com to do your Amazon shopping. Uh, you go through those links. It helps the shows out tremendously. We've got all kinds of fees these days, Mixler fees, so we can do this live all the time. We've got our hosting fees and that sort of thing, and that really helps out. And if you want to support the shows that way, please do so. Amazon is, is great. We all use it for a bazillion different things. And if you use the links at the sites, geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com, it helps all of the Goaliverse out. And if you want to support the shows directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. All kinds of people helping us out over there. And, man, thank you guys so much. We're coming up on a year of Patreon support, and you guys have been spectacularly wonderful in your support of these shows. Our feature supporter uh, for this week is Joseph Tavano. When given a special ring by a dying alien, Joseph immediately pawned it. He didn't need it. He conducts pure energy through his body and unleashes it through his fingertips to blast a hole through the plans of the wicked. That's our feature supporter, Joseph Tavano. You can check out all of our supporters over at geekoutonline.com. Just click on that Goloverse Wall of Fame, and by supporting us at Patreon at any level, you become a member of the Goloverse Wall of Fame, complete with your own superpower. 
as assigned by me. And if you don't like it, just email me and I'll change it because I'm, I'm a benevolent superpower giver that way. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. Let's jump into some emails. Okay, we've got a few emails and a lot of people talking about uh, some Age of Ultron and their reaction to Age of Ultron. So, um, so I'm sure we'll get your thoughts on some of this stuff as we, as we, as we go along. Uh, first off, Matt Williamson chimes in. He says, "Hi guys, it's just me, Matt, and Case here now. Uh, I discovered <laughs> you. Your, yeah, <laughs> I discovered your podcast about six months ago through the Quiver podcast, and I really enjoy your work. Well, thank you, Matt." I love the Flash, and Starkville Labs is a great... Oh, wow, he's meant this to go to Starkville Labs. Never mind, Matt. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I love the Flash, and Starkville Labs is a great compliment to the show that actually helps me enjoy the Flash even more. Thank you for that. I listen to podcasts while I work, so I'm constantly searching for new podcasts. And I love to people talk about my favorite geekdoms, including pretty much anything DC Comics and the kids' shows from the 90s that I grew up on. Unfortunately, I've rediscovered why I found geeks so frustrating in the past. I tend to hear a very negative attitude and hear a lot of people criticizing showrunners, directors, creators, producers, you name it, on a personal level and without much evidence to back it up. I feel like a lot of geeks tend to be overly negative just to make themselves sound better. Today, while listening to the podcast on the DC Animated Universe, I heard one podcaster called Jeff Johns a hack, and I just had to turn it off and delete them off my phone because they were making me so angry. I want to thank you guys... That'd be me and I guess Kay in this situation for having a great geek show with a positive attitude. I never feel like you're critiquing anything unfairly or without substantial ground, and I never hear personal attacks from you guys on anyone involved with the shows. And most of all, I absolutely agree with you that George Lucas deserves immense respect no matter what the prequels turn into. Now, wait a minute, Matt. I don't mean to attack you second time in this email. <laughs> what do you mean no matter what the prequels turned into? Um... I think the prequels turned into something really good. Kate, where do you fall on the prequels? Um, oh no! I I don't I don't hate them. Right. I don't like them as much as I like the original trilogy. Okay, and I'm fine with that. Look, I think that there is, I, I think that in anything creative, there's, you know, in, in all the Star Wars movies, in, well, you know what? No, I don't know that in all the Star Wars movies there are weaknesses. I definitely think the prequels are weaker than the original trilogy. Um, but I do think there's so much good about them that people just don't focus in on. And I feel like the hate that gets thrown at them is many, often unfairly thrown. I feel like it's one thing to have, a, have an intelligent discussion about you know, acting choices, uh, story choices, um, you know, writing choices, uh, the... the editing and pacing choices it's a whole other thing to say well this is just stupid because jar jar is an idiot <laughs> that's that's the kind of stuff that irks me that's thrown out the whole movie that's right that's right one you, particular thing you can't throw out the baby with the bath water <laughs> unless you just don't want the baby anymore but then that's then you've got to have a whole other discussion about who you are <laughs> and what kind of person you are um he says that lucas is terrible just because the prequels were kind of out there the man created the whole star wars universe for goodness sake Thank you for showing respect and keeping things positive. This is greatly appreciated. I don't listen to your podcast, 
and feel like I have to repent afterwards. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and that's from Matt. Well, thank you, Matt. Kay, I don't know if you know this about Geek Out Loud, but we do endeavor to stay positive around here. I do know that. Okay, good. Um, and if I don't like it, a lot of times I just don't talk about it because I don't have time for that kind of negativity. In my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> uh, Phil Martin chimes in with something pretty interesting. Uh, he says, the other night my son and I were watching The Phantom Menace for the first time in a couple of years. He noticed that at 31 minutes, 27 seconds, and an hour and 14.50, you can see a ball droid rolling around similar to BB-8, although it's chrome mm-hmm. and its head is a little different. Still, though, it's neat to see the ball droid concept was present in Episode 1 and is now being carried over to Episode 7. Just thought you might like to check that out on your own. Well, Phil, I did. I did check it out. Okay, I don't know how familiar you are with Episode 1 for me to describe this to you. Um, at the at the half hour mark, they're walking the streets of Mos Espa, they being Qui-Gon Jinn, Padme, and Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. And in the background, there's a little silver droid. He's not necessarily a ball, but he is, there is a body that's kind of toaster looking hmm. and a little head that sticks up off of it, like a periscope almost, um, but but stays very close to the body. It It's almost kind of the BB-8 thing without the full-on ball situation going. Okay. Uh, and then again, you see him, you see that later on in the droid control ship rolling around, almost a, kind of like a, a, a chrome mouse droid with a little, uh, with a little camera eye on top almost with some sleeker curves. So everything had sleeker curves in the prequels. <laughs> the fancier version That's before right. they got to the original trilogy and they had the pared down <laughs> That's version. That's right. Exactly. Or before the before the Empire came along and put angles on everything. Yes. Uh, so so that's really what it is. But I, I do I can see where you would see that that's kind of a precursor to what BB eight would be. Um now were you where were you for that first panel where they rolled out BB eight? I was in that room. <sighs> I was I was high up. Yeah. I didn't expect, I, I got there at, in line at like six in the morning mm-hmm. and didn't really expect to actually get in that room. And yeah. then they actually, the the queue they put us in had a sign for a different stage and I was okay with that. And then they came by with wristbands and the wristbands said celebration stage. And I was like, wait, wait is this for real? <laughs> so <laughs> Wait, no, that sign says this, that, but yeah. you're giving me a wristband that says something else. And they were like, it's for real. And I was like, okay. All right, so, then. Yeah, we were we were pretty high up, but it was cool because you could see everything. But yeah, mm-hmm. when BB-8 rolled out, I may have started crying. It. I'm going to be honest with you. I was just watching it on my little phone, sitting in the back alley of, of the restaurant where I work. And um, and it, it I, I felt like a child when he rolled out on stage. Yeah, it was, it was just the coolest thing. You know, and, and I don't want to, like, people started saying, well, this is afterwards. You know, people were like, well, this is how I think it works. And people were like, sentence, I don't care how he works. Mm-hmm. It looks so just amazing. And and just the fact that this is a physical effect. And someone says, well, I don't think they actually, you know, they, he said they touched, I think it's Scott Rifen from My Star Wars Story, who I love. I'm good friends with. Scott is convinced because the, there was a little too much head action. I'm like, well, we've only seen him rolling and peeking around. Uh, yeah. A thing we don't know how much that head's moving around on on, the, on that dome on that ball, but I I just I I was done. Like it it crushed me. I'm like this is amazing. Yeah, I take my money, you know. <laughs> and apparently the technology is so simple that one day we'll be able to buy a BB-8. Yeah. So, dang. But the the reaction that I heard now, what was the reaction from the room in general when he comes rolling out? Oh, everyone was going crazy over everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so well, yeah. but yeah everyone was definitely like whoa because i you know we weren't entirely i don't know we weren't really sure at that point that he was a real thing you know there wasn't a right. cgi right or you know part puppet part cgi or something like that and just like he reminded me of wally mm-hmm. it was yeah. just he, this it was there it was in front of you you didn't know how it worked and he he or she it had this personality and was like communicating without actually speaking any english and it was just so cool well that's the thing the way it almost looked like it was looking down at the crowd at times yeah when it would and just kind of you know continue to move its head and everything there was a one moment where he and r2 were back and forth and they had to say you guys need to keep it down over there yeah he kept interrupting jj <laughs> It was it was a moment of beauty. It was it's a moment in Star Wars history um, that I will I, I hate that I wasn't there live for, but I will always remember because the camera shot on that curtain as as that ball just rolls out is it it blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind, and uh, and I was I was so glad to see it. Now, did you see? Did you go to the season premiere of Rebels? I did not make it in there. Okay. Uh, have you been spoiled on the season premiere of Rebels? I've been given some general okay. things about it. All right. Well, I, I ask that because if you had seen it, I didn't want to read this email because this email is causing for is calling for some speculation. Okay. Uh, this is from Nick, and he says, I've been looking uh, for the time to email the show for a while now, and finally something popped into my head I just had to get your opinion on. We, ha- we all have seen the trailer for Star Wars Rebels Season 2, and most of us had, have had our theories on who the new female Inquisitor is. Of course, my first thought was the same as many, being a size of interest, because the fighting styles in the trailer really seemed similar to me. I eventually dismissed that theory because it just seemed too obvious. Naturally, my next thought was Barriss Offie, which is apparently what most people think. That, too, seems a little too convenient. After thinking more and more, I now believe that the female Inquisitor must be the sister of Zara Leonis, named Dara. I had to look up her name because I'd forgotten it, but Dave Filoni rarely plants seeds that, do, that don't germinate, and that was a really big seed to me. I just think of the story opportunities it would create if it's her. It would bring Zara back into the show for sure and could create all kinds of character development between him and Ezra. It could also lead us uh, into showing us more about what the Emperor and or Vader's plans are by hunting down the children of the Jedi. The thought gets me very excited about the future of the show, and I cannot wait to see... What happens next? And that comes from Nick. Um, now, I, I want to say Nick was the first person because this email has been in the in the old uh, inbox for for a few days now. I, I think he and, and one or two other people may have said to me that this could be Zare's sister, and and then it, everything just clicked. And now I'm leaning in that direction with that theory. But you said it was me, remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the other one's you. That's well. That's true. That is, that does it really. Yeah. But uh, I'm just talking about real life here. No, uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> this. You know, I think it's it's possible. Mm-hmm. It, but at the same time, I kind of feel, you know, when when they kind of hinted at that she might be force sensitive that there was this interest in her mm-hmm. i wondered if she might someday come back from something like this um but i wonder if it's too soon it it does seem it depends on how long she's been gone i guess it, yeah. it almost seems too quick but 
uh, if they've got a pair, that that's the other thing is there's a pair, at least a pair of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maybe they're not as powerful as the Inquisitor that we came to know and love through season one. Uh, so they have to team up. Or maybe they just thought one didn't get the job done, so that's, and, <laughs> double and, the effort. And you make a good point there as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I like that theory. I think it's more feasible than Asajj Ventress. Yeah. And I really kind of, I'm getting where I'm thinking it's more more feasible than Barris. Yeah, I thought that it might be a night sister. This one. That's right. No, yet. That's right. You. That, that's right. You said that on the, was it on Rebel Yell that we were yeah. talking about this? Yeah. And you said a night sister. So I'm. I'm now. I'm kind of split down the middle here. Um. But I definitely. I. I. I at first I thought Barris. Like I came to that. I'm like, oh, I bet that's Barris. And then I'm like, no. You know, the more I thought about it, I kind of let that one slip to the side. Um. I never thought it would be a Saj. I feel like she's kind of gone off and done her own thing, and uh, if and I feel like if she were to show up in the show, it'd be as a friend to Ahsoka. To be honest with you, mm. so or maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Who knows? But that's that's part of the fun for me is uh, is just the is the speculation and the finding out where we all stand. I kind of feel like Asaj is done being a part of anybody's. Thing. I think so too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think her story's wrapped up, or and if it, it or will be wrapped up, maybe in some other medium. Then, well, yeah, she's gonna be in Dark Disciple. That's right. That's right. But I just think she's done being a part of like any other group, or having anybody oh, else call the shots. I got you. I see what you're saying. I'm saying I think she's. We won't see her in a visual medium again. Mm. <laughs> it's also possible. Yeah, yeah. It's also. It's you know what? There's there's a million things they could do, and uh, and usually. There's sometimes where I'm right and I'm just spot on, and then other times where it's just, boom, uh, I'm I'm completely wrong. I was, I'm I'm willing to admit that I I was not convinced it was Ahsoka until Ahsoka climbed down that ladder. As far yeah, as me it too. Being, <laughs> as far as it being fulcrum, and and I love it. I'm excited about all the possibilities and what that means, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm like maybe they could have used someone, you know, to expand upon a character here or there. Um, that we know. I loved your theory about Winter. I love that theory. I really wanted that one to be true. <laughs> um, Justin Wiseman has chimed in, and uh, he asked about this uh, documentary, I Am Big Bird, uh, which is uh, stars the life of... Or stars. It's a documentary on the life of Carol Spinney, who plays Big Bird. And it's available now on uh, uh, Video On Demand. Uh, you can get it on iTunes and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, have you, have you seen anything about this? The trailer or anything? I have not seen the trailer. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've heard of it and I haven't watched the trailer, but, uh, here we'll get a little clip of it real quick. Oh, hello. My name is Carol Spinney. Funny, I watch him all the time and I don't recognize him, but here's Carol Spinney's story. Big Bird and Oscar are two of the most famous characters on planet Earth. Yet, Carol, people don't know who he is. How'd you get that job? Jim Henson saw me performing. Jim Henson was a true genius. The world was waiting for a change, I think, and we were part of it. But I was worried about doing good puppetry. I said, I'm not good enough to be a puppeteer. You're a sweetheart. I'm terrible. I had a terrible storm in my head of how unhappy I was. I was walking through headquarters, and there was a girl typing. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm in love. 
I knew I would be with him for the rest of my life. She holds it all together and it frees him to be the free spirit that he is. Big Bird and Oscar take us around the world. This is the Great Wall of China. Every time he mentioned Big Bird, the place erupted. I mean, just look at the legacy. Carol's been doing it from day one. The Daytime Emmy Lifetime Achievement Award. People have asked me, don't you want to retire? Thank you, everybody. And I can't imagine wanting to retire. Big Bird is the most well-known children's character in the world. That has to do to Carol. All these decades of pure love, that, of course, is the true secret to Big Bird. Well, I'm going to go rent that as soon as we're done here. <laughs> um, it, I, you know, Sesame Street goes right hand in hand with the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a friend who is of the impression that Sesame Street characters are not Muppets. Mm. Where do you stand on that debate? I mean, they, they, there was such overlap in the beginning, and now, you know, they pretty much have broken off into their own thing. And, like, if right. you see a Muppet thing, you don't really expect any of the Sesame Street mm-hmm. characters to show up. Um, but I, yeah, when I talk about the Muppets, I'm usually not talking about the Sesame Street sure, characters, sure. but they're like they're from the same family. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've, I've maintained to this day that Muppets, uh, Sesame Street characters are Muppets. Not all Muppets are Sesame Street characters, but all Sesame Street characters are Muppets. <laughs> um, and Big Bird is oh my gosh, like just watching that trailer. Uh, man, I'm I'm there. I'm down for it. Carol yeah. Spinney, there's, a, there's someone who listens to the podcast that he'll email in every now and again he shops at the same grocery store as Carol Spinney. <laughs> and he won't talk to him. He won't go talk to Carol Spinney. And I'm like, get him on the show. I got to say, it's kind of cool to have such a creative job and such a long-lasting job. Yes. And then, but also get to, you know, not have everybody know exactly who you are. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I, that's, it's almost kind of the perfect, the perfect mix there to, to be able to like, have that personality and be that character and and uh and be beloved and then still be able to go to the grocery store yeah <laughs> uh michael smith chimes in on age of ultron he says i had to delay listening to your age of ultron until i could get uh your take on age of ultron till i could get to the theaters and see the movie finally got to see it this past weekend we both enjoyed the movie uh, i didn't go into it with any expectations i'd avoided most of the trailers so he wasn't like you, Kay. He he didn't yeah. get caught up in the advertising. It's hard though if you spend a lot of time online doing it blogging is. or They're podcasting. Shoving it in front of you. Yeah, it's right there. He says once I finally saw the movie, it was with fresh eyes. It was two and twenty. It was two point twenty five ish hours of good fun. The reveal of Hawkeye's family was a surprise. The farm seemed familiar. It looked like the farm where Coulson took Sky in season one of Agents of Shield. The farm where they took Mike Peterson's son. Maybe they used the same set. I do not believe Quicksilver is permanently dead. I believe he'll get the Coulson treatment and go to Tahiti, or the current iteration of it. Quicksilver will be back. If we're going to have Scarlet Witch going forward, we need to have Quicksilver too. The Vision is kind of cool. I'm not very familiar with the Avengers comics, so I don't have much knowledge of the Avengers history. How it looks, uh, how it looks like the Vision will be used in the films seems pretty exciting, though. Does it seem like a Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers crossover is inevitable? Uh, Thanos is after the Infinity Stones. At some point, characters from both films will have to appear on screen together. It can't be all of them or the movie will be too crowded. I wonder who it will be. Star-Lord and Gamora meet Thor and Iron Man? Uh, 
Uh, sidebar, my wife and I just started watching Daredevil on Netflix. We are loving it. Hope he gets to join the Avengers in the future. Thanks for your great Marvel discussion. I enjoyed it very much. And that's from Michael Smith. Um, I want to I want to tack this uh, take this a couple of pieces by pieces. Kay, overall, what were your thoughts on Age of Ultron? It was fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what has been what have been your feelings about these Marvel movies leading up to Age of Ultron? I have liked most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America: Winter Soldier is currently my number one. Oh my god, it's amazing. That was I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just it was a thrill ride the whole way through. Like my mother watched it and she hasn't really watched most of the other ones and <laughs> right. she loved it. Yeah. It was really good. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't think this one was as good as that. No, I didn't either. And and that's a discussion I actually had with my friend that I went to see it with. He he actually went and saw it on Friday night when it opened and uh, I went with him again on Saturday afternoon to watch it because I'd not seen it yet. And uh, I said, compare it to everything that's come before, because I know you want to. He said, I, he said, I think it's great, but it's not as good as Captain America Winter Soldier. So when we got out of the theater, I said, it was great, but it's not as good as Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, Captain America Winter Soldier, for me, and I've said this on the show before, is my standard for what a superhero sequel should be now. It, mm-hmm. ha- it had been for years Superman 2. And, and Captain America Winter Soldier ended up edging that out, because it was just... It was a great thrill ride, but it was man that the 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 fight at the end between he and Bucky, where he just lets Bucky beat the snot out of him, <laughs> and it's just like I'll always be there, you know. And he doesn't. It's not these words, but you know, basically, yeah. it's like I'm always there for you, kind of thing. Ah, uh, I'm just like it's it's it is Captain America. Those moments of going after the you know those helicarriers against all odds. It is Captain America, and um and it just to me it worked beautifully. Um, so, did did you have? Can are there issues you can verbalize that you had with Avengers? Um, it was just, it was well, you know, a lot of people have said it was kind of overstuffed. Mm-hmm. There was just, it was hard to to really get into so many things because so many other things had to happen. And right. Yeah. And if if they could have just done a straight up Avengers movie uh, sequel without without the bits looking ahead to what's coming down the pipe. Do you think it would have helped that movie out or would it have hurt it? A little. Yeah. I and mean, part of the issue too is because you have so many characters and no one is really supposed to be the lead mm-hmm. in it. So this isn't this isn't Captain America's story and this isn't really Iron Man's story. This is all their story. So yeah. it's hard to really treat everybody like the lead they're kind of supposed right. to be. Right. Well, I feel like yeah, and I feel like that's a balance that was struck very well in the first Avengers movie, and it maybe was a little shakier in this one. Yeah, but definitely having you know to shove in references to past things and references to future things yes. <laughs> does not help the situation. Yeah, it it seemed like a little too much nudge nudge wink wink sometimes yeah. um, to to do that kind of thing. Uh, did you? Out of out of the cast that we got, and is there someone that you felt like got short shifted on the, on everything or short changed on their story arc? Um, I, you know, I think like especially acting wise, mm-hmm. everyone did okay. a good job with right. what they were given. Right. So, I I you know on on a certain level, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I feel like I understood her, and then she, he was just there with her. Right. I agree. Yeah, I, I can I can totally see that. I feel like um, I feel like I feel like again. I th- and may, that may be the shakiness of it. I feel like Thor because I know there was a lot cut with him mm-hmm. and what he went and did. You know, when he went and took a bath. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I, I feel like he got a, he got a little shortchanged in in his character arc because it's hard to make sense of what was happening after. You know when he shows up and he's like, "We've got to bring him to life," you know, and he just and he and, and throws his hammer down on the on you know the not the crib the cradle as they were called yeah. crib, um, and brings Vision to life. Uh, I just yeah, I mean, but look again, I love the movie, and will end up it'll end up sitting on my shelf, you know, when it comes out on Blu-ray, and and I will watch it and and uh, and learn to love it. I just feel like I don't, but see, here's the thing: you mentioned the term overstuffed. Mm-hmm. Overstuffed with characters or overstuffed with story? Um, or pieces of, of story. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just a lot. And, you know, the fact that I, I liked that we got to see them working together as a team. Mm-hmm. I like that that opening yes. that we had. You know, we just got thrown in and they're working together, which is great because they were having such a hard time working together <laughs> in the last <laughs> Avengers movie. But it was just like... It was kind of tiring to watch as well because it was just like fighting, fighting, kind of break. But then these two people break off and they're fighting over here. And then we're, okay, and now we're fighting over here. It's just, I mean, I guess that's kind of what they do. Just, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, you know what? Now that I think about it, I, I'm sure this is what they do, but I'd like more. Um, I, I dug the scene of them sitting around trying to, I want more of them just sitting around talking. To be honest yeah. with you, where they're sitting around just kind of joking and trying to pick up Thor's hammer and stuff, um, I, I dug that scene. I like, I like the subtle payoffs that we got. You know, that whole opening scene where they're, or that whole scene at the party where they're trying to lift Thor's hammer. You think that's just kind of a throwaway fun joke where Captain America almost picks it up. You know, it moves a little bit, uh, and then it just comes around and gets paid off big time when, you know, Vision just grabs the hammer and hands it to Thor like it's no big deal, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and so there were moments like that. The the thing with Quicksilver was like, you didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. You didn't, you know, and then Hawkeye, when Hawkeye shoots up underneath the floor and they all fall, Hawkeye says, what, you didn't see that coming? And you think that's the payoff for that joke until he dies and he's like, I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, and it's not, you know, it's not necessarily meant to be funny, but it's definitely this this payoff, the understanding they've been kind of doing things. Um, I, I just, as I think back on it, I really feel like that everyone, you know, that they did it, that Joss Whedon did what he does. He got, he got everyone in there, you know, and had a decent story arc. But I also think that you could, I've told someone I could feel Joss Whedon's fatigue with this franchise Yeah. as the movie wore on. And and he's mentioned as much in interviews and stuff that he was just tired. Well, like, you know, he's talked about the two that like they, they said he had to do the, the Thor dream. mm -hmm. Right. Right. Thing. But then they were against other people's dreams and like so much, you know, you talked about Thor kind of not having a lot, but so much of his story was setting up his next story. Yes, that's exactly. And And if you didn't know that, and I've heard a lot of people who are like, I don't understand what the heck was his dream about that. What did that have to do with this story? It didn't really had to do with Ragnarok. Right. 
and 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 that's and again that's unfortunate and but see it's the weird thing is like Josh talks about what he went on and did then with that mm-hmm. was too much for them you know yeah. and yeah. and it's just like well he gave you what you wanted and he did it in a way that would make sense and play into the film and and play into the next film uh it's it's just you know it's an interesting thing and it and it shows where we're at with these marvel movies again and i don't mean to i'm i'm not trying to trash it because i did love it i really enjoyed it but I think it shows where we're at, where you get into some of this connected universe stuff and how if you're not careful, if Marvel's not careful, they can end up going overboard a little bit with it, yeah. I think. And, I, you know, there's a certain level of they've had all this success and now there's this pressure Yes. to keep it up. Yeah. And that can be dangerous as well. There was, a, uh, I, there was an article on uh, Hollywood Reporter <clears throat> that I held on to. It's from back at the beginning of the month. Um that I haven't uh, I haven't mentioned on the show just because I didn't have a chance I haven't had really the chance to or the to, to bring it up in some of the conversations that have been had on the show, but it, it's basically the title is the flaws of Marvel's it's all connected cinematic universe, and it's very critical of of the idea and of the concept, um, and it's it's well thought out and and well stated, but I feel like there are few few misconceptions in it but it definitely is it to me the biggest flaw of marvel's all connected is you know now as we get deeper into this thing with the phase twos and the phase threes and you know phase 27s or what however long it's going to go is is there's almost an expectation from fans that everything has to play into everything else mm-hmm. um did you see guardians Yes. Okay. Did you like Guardians of the Galaxy? I did. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people with the post-credit sequence, you know, would talk to me about like, but it didn't set up the next movie. Yeah. And I'm like, well, not. It gave me nightmares. Exactly. <laughs> Howard the Duck gave you nightmares. I hate Howard the Duck. <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid and having like the worst nightmares ever. Is that because of the bad guy though? No, it was from Howard the Duck himself. <laughs> really? Yes. I, I used to really love Howard like the that. Duck. So yeah, when he was there, I was like, "Oh my gosh, don't let him out of that case." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but I had a lot of people griping about the fact, that, and and I got to think, I'm like, "But how many of these post-credit sequences actually played into what was to come?" Well, and yeah, you, you know, quite a few. So, well, as soon as Iron Man two started it, you know, yeah, but Iron Man three didn't really play into anything that was coming down the pipe. You know, it just showed that he was there with Banner talking to him. Um, this is where my geek really starts to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had one post, you had two different post credit sequences in Thor: Dark World. The first one showed them going to the Collector to take him the Ether, and the right. second one just showed Thor showing back up on Earth. Um, and then in Winter Soldier, I guess it played directly into Avengers. So Guardians didn't need to. There was nothing really for it, it, it to do that. With this, you know, when you hit Avengers Age of Ultron, it, you, you almost feel like you're getting launched into... I, I, it, it, it's a comic... I'm, I'm stuttering here because I have three thoughts hitting me. So let I was going to say, it sounds like a lot of thoughts are coming. Yeah, let me slow down. Number one, it's a comic book thing where things start to get set up. When you read comics, you'll feel like sometimes, especially in the older days, you'd feel like things were really starting to ramp up. You know, and you're like, oh, next issue, it's going to break. You know, all hell's going to break loose. And you'd mm-hmm. get to the next issue, and there would still just be, you know, a couple more issues before you got there. And I feel like that's what they're doing with us. Because everyone thought the minute you saw Thanos at the end of Avengers that, well, he's the next one. You know, yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, 
they were surprises at first and now they are expected. Right, right. As, and that's a whole different, you know, attitude towards them. And also because they showed Thanos so early when he appeared in this early credits scene. <laughs> right. Uh, in, in Avengers Age of Ultron, I was like, oh my gosh, when are we getting to that? I feel like <laughs> so long ago. How long is he waiting to go, okay, fine, I'll just get the glove myself. Yeah, it's about it. time, yeah. Uh, well, and, and that's the thing is now we have to go through Civil War, which to me, this Captain America Civil War looks like it's going to be more bloated than oh, yeah. Avengers you know, yeah. does. And I mean, it's almost going to be Avengers three, but then you'll go through, I'm honestly of the, all these phase three stuff. I'm really looking forward to Thor, uh, Ragnarok. I've, I've really enjoyed the first two Thor movies. And, um, and so I'm really more than I thought I would be looking forward to that. But so you've got to get to Avengers infinity war parts one and two before Thanos really starts to unleash. And it's a slow burn, yeah. you know, in an ADD world, it's a slow burn. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> a perfect description. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we're all just like, oh my gosh, I hope we'll see more of him in Guardians too, um, because I think I think that they really need to set him up and show him a little bit in action, so you can kind of see just w- even without the gauntlet how dangerous this Mad Titan is. Yeah, this whole time he's basically just been a guy sitting. He's somewhere. been in a he's been a guy sitting in a chair. <laughs> Which, you know, works for the on Emperor. On this chair planet. Yeah, well, on this chair planet? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole planet. It's just a chair. <laughs> yeah. It's some rocks and a chair. Um, but, you know, it worked for the Emperor sitting in a chair, you know, and then when he stood up, it was, you know, it was on. He had a throne room. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that and then is... a moving planet. That's right. <laughs> well, anyhow... Um, so, I, but back to the point is, I do think that that maybe the cracks are starting to show, and if they can, if they can pull back a little bit, and and go back to, and I'm not even saying they haven't done this, but really start focusing on making good standalone films that just happen to tie into everything else. I think yeah. that's the key. I think people are also getting to a point where they feel like you need to have watched the other films to get right to understand yeah. these and which I, I think is not good news right but i also don't think you have to watch the other i films. don't think that's true yet yeah. but i th- think there's a a lot of more people thinking that now yeah well i agree with that i think that's a good i think that's an astute observation the other thing that i think that that this all connected universe is hurting is other films because studios look at success and they're like let's mimic what has been successful or try yeah. to and so before you know it, we're going to have, um, you know, find out that Pitch Perfect and uh, and So You Think You Can Dance are in the same universe. So that's a TV <laughs> show, you know, or what is it? What's the dancing up, step up, step up and Pitch Perfect are all in the same universe. You know, and they're going to cross over step up to perfect pitch kind of thing. And uh, and or, you know, and, and they're already talking about doing a Ghostbusters thing. Um, they're talking, you know, even, even Star Wars is getting into it a little bit, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's different. That's sacred ground to me. And so I'm not going <laughs> to bash on Star Wars, but, um, it's a continuing story. It is a continuing, exactly. It's, it's more, but when you get in these anthology films though, 
Is, Those is, are different stories outside the, of the continuing story. Right, right. We'll see. In the, but the but the speculation has been: Will they tie in? Will you have characters well, that don't tie in down the road on a certain level because they're in the same universe, but not necessarily. Right. I see. Not I'd rather the, not to the Marvel level. Right. Well, see, I'd rather not like see Rogue One, and then when Episode Eight hits, this character shows up who's an aged individual that was involved in the story of Rogue One. I'd rather Rogue One just be a great standalone story, you know, that tells this tale that leads into the yellow words for Star Wars. Yeah. And um and and then, you know, and then we're able to move on. I think that's how it'll be most successful. Um I feel like that's part of the success of Netflix's Daredevil. That basically they mentioned the the incident, which was the alien attack, and then you moved on. And and you rolled through and 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 it became a story about Daredevil and Wilson Fisk and their ways of protecting Hell's Kitchen, New York. And um, and so it, it's though it's connected to the larger universe, it's not beholden to the larger universe. Mm-hmm. So, but anyhow, look, that's the conversation. I love the movie, um, Michael. I'm glad you love the movie. And um, <clears throat> as far as does the Guardians of the Galaxy Avengers crossover seem inevitable? Uh, I think everyone's going to be blown away with just how many people are in these Infinity War movies and how little screen time they get because I think those are going to end up being the most blow your mind, we're just doing this because we can films in the history of filmmaking. The actors are going to be happy. They're like, oh, I only have to be on set for a week. Exactly. <laughs> and I still get paid, you know. So, yeah, they, they get the same amount of money and everything. But I, I do. I think those are going to be amazing. And I also have heard... You know, the speculation is that in Infinity War Part 1, it's these new Avengers that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on what happens in Captain America Civil War, you know, maybe a stand-in for Cap. Um, and it's not until Part 2 that our big guns show back up. Thor and Iron Man and Cap and Hulk, um, you know, show up and play, you know, and, and really take on the, the big threat. Of course, Spider-Man's coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so... It's it's going to be an interesting ride. It's a um, lot. Yes. Well, Kay, yesterday at the time of this recording uh, was the 10th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Newhouse has sent in a, a voicemail that I've not listened to yet. Hey, Steve. Hey, hey Goliverse. This is Dylan in Texas. Hey, Dylan. Uh, may not be able to call in for the uh, Revenge of the Sith 10th anniversary show, but I did Happening want to next weigh in anyway. Okay. Look, I am no Kyle Newman. I am no Sam Witwier. I'm no Steve Glosson. Well, thank God for but that. But there's a key aspect of uh, Episode 3 that not enough people talk about. And, of course, I mean the purple Darth Vader Slurpees in 3D cups at 7-Eleven. They were delicious. <laughs> I don't they remember those. They were great those. flavored. I collected them all, and that was a key part of the Revenge of the Sith experience for me. Uh, but, really, seeing, seeing uh, Episode 3... Uh, I was 25 years old when I walked into that theater, and I was 8 years old when I walked out. Uh, the moments that come to mind are the big laugh it got when Yoda takes out the Red Royal Guards. Uh, the moment when Yoda's about to fall and his nail is scraping against that Senate pod, and everybody mm. in the theater's cringing. Yeah, I was cringing. And, of course, at the end, that montage that wraps it all up, it got a little misty in the theater for me. Uh, it was a perfect circle that was complete. Of course, Episode 7 complicates that a little bit, but I'm not complaining that we're getting more Star Wars movies. Yeah, you are. Sounds uh, like it. But uh, anyway, Episode 3, well-directed. 
uh, more so than one and two. Still my favorite Star Wars movie. No apologies. Thanks wow. for your time, Steve. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, still his favorite Star Wars movie. I don't remember the Slurpees from 7-Eleven, the Star Wars Slurpees. Yeah, I was not paying attention to merchandising as much by that point. <laughs> well, I don't consider Slurpees merchandising. Well, okay, it's, it's a marketing thing, though. I consider Slurpees. It definitely is. No, I see what you're saying. Um, but And uh, if people collect them. Yeah, indeed. Well, you've got to got to collect them all. When they have, I, if I'd have known that, of course, there's no Seven Eleven near me. Mm. Um, I would have been slurping it up every day, every week, however often they they did. Burger King was doing the uh, the promotion back then, around that time with the uh, little Burger King toys. Mm-hmm. And my friends had a little girl that she was loving some Star Wars, and so we would just take her to Burger King as often as we could. To try to, and she would just give me all her doubles. You know, she's like, "Here, Steve, you can have this one." Um, <laughs> and so, and I would bring her. You know, I'd bring her mine and and trying to get her a complete set of all that stuff. But um, it was it was good times. There was a lot going on back in the days of, of Revenge of the Sith. So, Dylan, thank you. Dylan says it's his favorite. What's your, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Empire Strikes Back. Empire. Oh, got an Empire girl here. Yep. So, Dylan says in the chat, Empire's the best. Revenge of the Sith is his favorite. That. That's an interesting statement, Dylan. <laughs> that's an interesting statement. So, uh, well, that's our emails. Kate, we're going to take a quick break, so grab something to drink if you're so inclined. Um, and uh, when we come back, we're going to find out all about Kay. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Kay. We're going to talk Star Wars. We're going to talk Muppets. Kay, I want to get your thoughts on this new Muppets television show that's hitting. Have you seen the trailer for that? Yes. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about it. We'll be back after these words on Geek Out Loud. Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Dan. And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Flicks. Flicks is a podcast that reviews the biggest movies hitting the theaters, such as... Captain America, Winter Soldier. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Amazing Spider-Man. Godzilla. Dolphin Tale 2. What? 
No. Why would we review Dolphin Tale 2? The first one had Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman works with Batman. Anyway, we don't only cover the latest, we also cover the greatest. When there isn't a blockbuster hitting the local theater, we're talking about some of our favorites from the past. Movies like The Goonies. Star Wars. Featuring Steve Glosson. Gremlins. Terminator. National Lampoon's Vacation. The Last Airbender. Dude, no one liked The Last Airbender. You did. Stop derailing the promo. (sighs) Now, why should you listen to our show out of all the other movie review podcasts out there? Because we really do love the movies we talk about. And because every couple of years, Steve Glosson comes on and talks Star Wars. Seriously, dude. Hey, know your audience. Fair enough. Listen to Flick's podcast, because we know Steve. Hi, my name is Teresa. And my name is Rebecca. Do you like Supergirl? We do, too. And we're super excited to bring you a fan podcast devoted to the upcoming Supergirl TV series on CBS from Greg Berlanti and Ali Adler, starring Melissa Benoist as the Girl of Steel. Check in with us every week for news and discussion about the last daughter of Krypton. Supergirl Radio. Your source for all things Supergirl. Generation Star Wars is speaking up and sharing its story. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm David Michelini. I'm Tom Panneries. I'm Steve Glosson. I'm Matt Hunsworth. I'm Scott Gardner. I'm Ryan Shaw. I'm Paul Herman. I'm Jimmy Mack. I'm Ryder Waldron. I'm Justin Bulger. I'm Joseph Tavano. I'm John Jackson Miller. I'm Concetta Parker. I'm Steve Sansweet. And this. And this. And this. Is my Star Wars story. Is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story monthly at mystarwarsstory.com and available in the iTunes store. Ah, uh, yeah, we come back to the soothing sounds of Dr. Teeth and his electric mayhem band. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to remind you that uh, this show is brought to you by Audible. Audible, one of the world's leading providers in audio, spoken word entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and you can get a free 30-day trial and a free Audible book. Audio, Audible book? Audio book. Uh, by heading over to audibletrial.com slash geekout. Now, I want to suggest, I've not read this, but it looks fantastic. I want to suggest this. It's not easy being green and other things to consider. And uh, these are unabridged selections of stories and interviews uh, from people who spent time with Jim Henson. Um, quotes, anecdotes, songs, and insights that give new life to Jim's magical world with chapters titled Dynamite Determination, Listen to Your Heart. Together we can do it. It starts when we're kids. A part of everything and everyone. Um, called from the Jim Henson Company archives, program transcripts, personal letters, and interviews, along with some of Jim's never-before-published writings, It's Not Easy Being Green is a testament to the legacy of a man who changed the way 
we see the world. So you could use your auto, you could use your free credit to do that. But you got to go over to audibletrial.com slash geek out right now and uh, hit that up. So appreciate your support in doing that. And we appreciate Audible's support. And Kay, we appreciate you being here with us. I appreciate you having me. Well, it's it's always fun. And we're coming back to one of the greatest songs in Muppet lore, let's be honest. Yes. So. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Muppet song? Oh, geez. Isn't that Actually, a hard? I know that's hard. I, um. A list. I'm blanking on the, the, it's Gonzo Sings It. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm going to go uh, back there yes, someday. Yes, yes. Uh, that's my favorite one. That is a good one. That's my friend Derek's favorite one as well. Sometimes it makes me cry. It, mm. I'll tell you what, It's Not Easy Being Green is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, it sometimes, it has, it's, it has sometimes been known to make me cry as well. Um, it, it's just, dang. I, they can pull the old heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Jim Henson they're, and company. They're smart songs. They really are. They really that I think that's the thing. Watching watching back, and maybe I've said this to you before, but watching back to the old Muppet Show uh, as an adult just really drives home how intelligent that show was. Oh yeah, you know, on all levels that it worked for kids as kids entertainment, but it also just worked as as a as a as a vehicle for performance artists to just get their art out there. But then also the comedy of it is so nuanced in so many different ways. Um, it's, it's never a safe thing to dog on the Muppets around me. <laughs> I had a coworker one time. She was like, you like the Muppets, huh? She's like, well, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, doesn't everyone? She's like, I don't know. I've never really been into puppet shows. Cool. Oh, and I just wanted to break her neck. Is that a puppet show? That's what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. These well, are not socks with googly eyes. <laughs> That's what I was trying to explain. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> one of the things I love about the Muppets, yes. are, you know, their eyes don't move. Mm-hmm. But it, you, but they still have so much expression. Yes, yes. Well, and gosh, the things that Jim Henson could do with Kermit's face. Yes, you, know, you always knew exactly how Kermit was feeling. Yes, exactly. And same, well, same thing with you're. You're right. Same thing with all of them. Um, and, and like in some cases, they didn't have eyes at all, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. Yes. You know, <laughs> uh, Floyd had some weird eyes going on. Yeah. With those, you know, those, just those pieces of felt all kind of composed together. And then, you know, <laughs> he, he would blink them. That was always funny to me to watch Floyd, Floyd blink. But yeah, it, th- th- these things, the Muppets were just amazing. When did. Okay, you're just like a you're you're one of us. I like to say, you know, you're on on Twitter. You're at geek underscore k for crying out loud. Where does all this come from? Where does your fandom, your geekdom, come from? What kicked it off? Um, maybe outer space. Okay. Um, that's like the first thing I remember being really, really into. Uh, like at like two or three years old. Mm-hmm. Um. I love like watching shuttle launches and just any like reading books about outer space, uh, you know, learning about planets. I had a, a best friend at the time and him and I would like my mom would make us like space shuttle sweatshirts that we'd like wear to talk about nice. or watch things that had to do with outer space. Um, and 
that just kind of like kicked off, you know, being curious about things and then getting really into them. Mm-hmm. Do Now, do you ever find yourself just getting lost in Hubble telescope pictures? Yes. This yeah. is like the whole... I, I save it up like everyone. I don't go to image of the day every day. <laughs> right, right. So you can just kind of scroll through. Yes. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't. I, I don't know. Can I ask how old you are? Because I don't know how old you are. I'm in my early thirties. Okay, good. Um, so you, you weren't around, or were you around for the Challenger explosion back in the eighties? Yes. Okay. I was. I was like eight, when that happened eight or nine and i just remember like that shook my whole world mm-hmm. um because you know i loved i you know i i had a huge basically it's a coffee table book i still got it somewhere that was like a nasa you know history of space exploration stuff and everything and um and and just would thumb through that you know not understanding sometimes the words I was reading, but just loving the pictures and figuring everything out and how do they do this. And, and, uh, and I had a friend as well that she and I would, would get together. And, and especially after, like we were bound to determine we're going to figure out why this thing blew up and what happened mm-hmm. and how we can get in touch with the government to tell them this is what's going on and it'll never happen again. Kind of thing. It is adorable. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we ran the gamut from Russian spies to, to other stuff and and it was kind of i don't want to it was sad that it blew up and i just remember being underwhelmed with an o-ring being the problem and i was mm-hmm. just like as a kid i'm like but that shouldn't that's just an o-ring why would it have you know and it's all so complicated i know we just couldn't wrap our minds around it but to this day i just someone was talking today at work okay and they were they were kind of griping about you know money spent on space exploration i'm like you shut your mouth <laughs> you, <laughs> because the the further and faster they go, the closer I am to getting there. <laughs> well, and even just like experiments that have been done in space that mm-hmm. help develop technology that we use on Earth. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And well, this person said, you know, the only thing they've given us memory foam. Oh, and that's, I just that's I so wanted. True. I know. I'm like, why don't you stand over there with a the puppet show person and you guys <laughs> and you guys wallow in your ignorance together? But do it away from me. So. Well, where does so so with your with your love of space and everything is that where the Star Wars are you into Star Trek too? I mean, where does that all kind of come into that because of I that? I was given I don't remember anyone directly saying this to me, mm-hmm. but I was given the impression that you liked Star Wars or Star Trek. Okay. At, at a young age, sure. and I already liked Star Wars, so I never even sought out star trek until more recently okay i've gotten into it i was going to say to this day no now, i've seen you, it now are, now you've seen it like the old shows the i've movies. seen you, uh, almost all of the original series okay. and then the newer movies now i usually have a ban on talking star trek on the show but i just want to know what do you what do you think i still like star wars better okay that's fine great praise the <laughs> i'm all about it praise the force uh, <laughs> but it's it's interesting. And it's mm-hmm. interesting, especially with the original series, what that show meant for the time. Yeah. Yeah. It well, it's 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 interesting how it swung back around in, in the audience that was still there. Uh and not just because of Star Wars. You know, I mean the reason they, they rushed it to production like that they did was because of the success of Star Wars, but then once they got a, a vision and idea for where they were going with those films you know, the audience was obviously still there for years and years and years in the same way that the Star Wars audience is there. Um, 
And and I feel like for a while there, the, the Trek audience was just getting more and better for the longest time. But now, you know, we're back on top. So anyhow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What about what about the Muppets? Are, are these just? Is this just a, a a thing you've been into or loved like your whole life? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I can't remember a time without the Muppets. Yeah, me either. Me either. Um, do you? We we've we've I've, I've put you on the spot before at the tail end of a Rebel Yell. Um, do you have a favorite Muppet? Kermit. Really, straight up to the top. Yeah. Okay. Is there one that you could do without? Oh geez, that's a lot harder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. No. Okay. I don't think so. Because even if there are annoying ones, they usually aren't in a lot of stuff sure. or on the screen very long. So it's not a pro- like I know there's stories of that. Um, the the Muppeteers hated Bean Bunny. Really. I've heard that, and I always loved Bean Bunny. <laughs> of so course, I'm of like, course I'm, you did. I'm not sure what the deal was there of course you did he's he is so he's that typical everything's going to go wrong for this cat (laughs) even though he's a bunny not a cat but you know adorable like i could see like in large doses being bunny would be right probably annoying well he's one of the best parts he's one of the best parts of uh a christmas carol yeah muppet's christmas carol um and and what he goes through there well uh see i always it took me a while in my life to really appreciate Miss Piggy. Yeah. Um she she always kind of grated my nerves. And so I used She was grating on Kermit. <laughs> and you identified with Kermit. <laughs> like no, me. I, no, I never I always identified with Gonzo. Oh, okay. And and Fozzie more than more than Kermit, you know, cuz I was that kid in class who would try to tell a joke and it just wouldn't land. I was the one trying to like get everybody under control and guide things. <laughs> and uh and and so into this day I still believe that a bear's natural habitat is a studebaker. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it's the no no getting around it. Um what about this new show? This this thing has really surprised me as to what it's going to end up being or what it looks like it's going to end up being. Yeah. How do you um, how do you feel? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, when they when they first started talking about it and they were like, it's going to be like The Office and mm-hmm. they mentioned Scandal and like they were just I'm like, oh, don't just try and copy paste right. a bunch of pieces of things that you think work. That already kind of scared me. And then they you know, said it was going to be in a more adult show. And I was like, Muppets already were an adult thing. Right. Exactly. I mean, when I watched the Muppet Show again, when I was older, I was like, "Oh my goodness, I cannot believe I can't my mom believe. let me watch some of this." <laughs> exactly. There's some things they say and do. I'm like, "Wait a minute, you guys!" She's like, "It's fine. You didn't get it." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was kind of thrown by that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's the Muppets. I wouldn't immediately no. write it off exactly. before I've seen anything. Um, so yeah, so this. This uh, trailer came out, or first look, or whatever you want to call it, and um, I was just on Assembly of Geeks talking about it. That it's just, it's there's promising things, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm not totally sold on it yet. Yeah, it's it's different than anything they've ever done with the Muppets, um, but it, you know, and and someone in the chat here says the the old show was a self aware variety show. And the new Muppets will be a self-aware one-camera comedy. 
And I guess in a lot yeah. of their movies, it's always they've always been self aware that they're doing a movie. Oh yeah, it's a, there's know? a lot of meta stuff going yeah. on, and, and yeah, <laughs> and and there's some funny bits. But what's really what really strikes me is that Gonzo, the one character in the Muppets who've always been who's always been like the out of control, just absolutely you know off the wall from everyone else character is is almost the voice of reason in this trailer it seems like yes you know <laughs> i think that's a certain level of the joke but yeah. um yeah that well when he when he talked about the um what do they call those the talking head thing you oh know, yeah the, 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 the yeah, interview that, segments yeah yeah, that they use in mockumentaries, they use mm-hmm. on Modern Family, that, you know, that, that's used for easy jokes, and it's often overused, and all that. I immediately thought of the uh, opening of Muppets Most Wanted when they sing the song about the sequel, and how sequels are <laughs> never quite as good. And then that's what happened with that movie, at least I felt. So I was like, oh, yeah, um, are we going to be... Am I going to be, you know, watching this going, oh, these are a lot of cheap jokes. Yeah. Well, and and that's, okay, let's talk about some of these more recent Muppet movies. Um, the Muppets and, and Muppets Most Wanted. I really, I don't know if it was nostalgia, if they hit all the right nostalgia buttons or or what. Or or I, I think, too, you know, there was just a lot, I think some of, the, everything was clever. The stuff that they did was very clever and they didn't just go for the cheap jokes in the Muppets so much, but I I think I agree with you on Muppets Most Wanted. I really felt like that they were just going for the easy low hanging fruit sometimes. Yeah, in my review of Muppets Most Wanted, I asked if Jason Segel was the secret sauce for the first movie. I, he may very well have been. You know, he he may have because they had a lot of you know the same people working on this next one and didn't work again. Yeah, he he may very well have been he. He, I feel like he kind of had a heart for it. Yeah. Well, he had this, you know, the same thing as us, where he grew up with it, and it meant something to him, and it taught him things, and so he knew that stuff needed to be in this. Yeah. Whereas this one was very much, of course, I don't know. Like I always felt like, let's go. I'm sorry. Now let me shift gears and go back to the classic Muppets with you then. Mm-hmm. With the with the classic movies, I always felt like that your your first three movies were kind of like this classic trilogy of Muppet movies to yes. me. Um, yes. you know, and then there were the things that came in between that that era and and then what we've gotten recently. But with those first three movies, I always felt like again, and this is one of those things until I got older that the great Muppet caper was was weaker than the Muppet movie. Yeah, I think I think that the Muppet movie's the gold standard. Oh sure, um, but they're still the other two are still pretty good. Right. Well, no. Now listen. Hold on. Time out. I love okay. I love the Great Muppet Caper, and I love Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, I, but I think as a kid, I was looking at it through the lens of I had seen the Great Muppet Caper multiple, multiple, multiple times, and Muppets Take Manhattan to me launched this whole other thing with Muppet Babies. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a movie that I didn't get to see that much. And it felt more the the stars that, you know, made the cameos and stuff at that moment made, were more accessible to me at that age. And um, and so I always thought I liked it better. But now as I've gotten older, I realize just how, you know, again, it's one of those things like the Great Muppet Caper is hilarious and it's awesome. And, you know, again, it's one of those self-aware things. 
Uh, I mean, the whole opening numbers. Hey, a movie. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> but, well, yeah, and immediately they go into the jokes of like uh, that Kermit and Fozzie Bear are playing twins, yes. their brothers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell them apart because they're both wearing hats. <laughs> that's right. Now, which one's a... That's not a bear, honey. That's a frog. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, those, that whole bit throughout. And um, and I love the Happiness Hotel bit. You know, when they... Mm-hmm. My, my friend Derek and I will still go back and forth with Happiness Hotel jokes. Um, just from that song. Just that are all in that one song. You know? and And I think that that's... That's what was lost in Muppets Most Wanted is everything was just right there. I think the closest they came to just classic Muppet chewy goodness is in the um is in the song he sings to Piggy, that the song that Constantine sings to Piggy. Oh, Cockatoo and Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the music in Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. They're, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. I, that that song I definitely liked. I wasn't I don't like. I didn't like the use of together again, again so much. Yeah, that that there's a cheap joke right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. We'll just add the word again, again. Right, <laughs> right, and it just. I, it, and and but, then they were like stuck to a wall. I'm like, what the heck is this? They were just frozen. They were frozen to the wall. I I didn't I didn't like it because to me, together again for Muppets that wasn't just a throwaway. No, it meant something. Kind of song. That it, it, yes. Indeed. You know, and though they kind of did a parody of the Rainbow Connection in The Muppets, you kind of got why. He I, was performing it. He was, but also that, that little band was, you know, making. It was whole new words and stuff. And, and it was like you could tell these, they were playing off the success of The Muppets. Yeah. And so, and so it made sense as far as the story goes. Um, it's because to me, and I'm talking way too much, you know, with you being my guest, I apologize for that. <laughs> to me, and I'm being a lot more serious than I meant to be about the Muppets, but to me, some of those songs from those, especially the Muppet movie, are are kind of sacred in, mm-hmm. in a way, almost. Rainbow Connection is just dang, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, and like you, you said, that's a trippy song. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned earlier the you know Gonzo song. I'm going to go back there someday. Is just you know they all have such a, a heart to them. Yeah. Um. And and when you get to together again in the Muppet in the in the Muppets Take Manhattan, yeah, it it opens up you know the whole movie. But when they swing back around to it at the end after Kermit's been there with his amnesia and everything, and he. And and they and they all come out on stage together with together again and the bands out there say it's Kermit he's back you know yeah you're just like yes you know <laughs> so it matters it does matter it does and and so when they just kind of threw that in there it just it seemed to not fit to me in in what had gone on with Muppets Most yeah. Wanted well the thing is you know if you have new audience members they don't get that. Right. They don't understand why you're doing that. And and the people who do know it, they need it to have more weight than that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Now <clears throat> with with the Muppet with those movies in between, with the the which I feel like started with a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And then you had Treasure Island and then Muppets from Space. Um how I have you... not seen Muppets from Space. Really? 
Yes, it's the, I'm pretty sure it's like the only Muppet thing I haven't seen. It um I'm scared to suggest it to you, but but I loved it. I yeah? absolutely I've loved heard it. I've heard not so good things about yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard other people say not so good things about it. I it's sitting in my Netflix queue, so it might happen eventually. It's it's not it's I feel like it's more of what they're going to be doing with this one camera comedy show <laughs> because it's not really hey we're in a movie guys it's it starts out you're at the house where they all live <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's just it's Gonzo's story like Gonzo is the lead in uh-huh. this thing and it and it goes down to his you know it comes all down to you know he, him feeling alienated and everything and and where he and, and you find out where he comes from and all um, and throughout it it's just they went for the cameo stuff throughout mm. where whereas you know the you know like we said with Muppets most one it seems like they kind of went with some of just those in your face just quick one-liner jokes sort sort of things um Muppets most wanted said let's let's do the old Muppet cameo jokes and you know everyone from uh the crew from Dawson's Creek to Hulk Hogan is in there it's very much a telling you know it's very much a, a product of its time yeah, in a way but it's timely, also timeless. but but it's exactly at the same time it's timeless um and so and the music there's not original muppet songs mm-hmm. in it and that's the other thing that was that's the thing that was off-putting when you originally watch it They're, they do a lot of uh disco and james <laughs> brown <laughs> so like the whole opening segment is to brick house uh. By the Commodores, and at one point they do a James Brown song, but to me it just worked. There and there were little things in there that just made me excited when I watched because I went to the movie theater to see it, mm-hmm. um, and there were little things in there that really got me excited to see it. They're in the old bus at one point, you know, with the you know that has the records all over the ceiling and everything. Um, there's uh, Pepe is is front and center. <laughs> And uh, and and listen, if you don't come away from that movie loving Pepe, then you, there's something wrong. I like when Pepe tweets on Twitter. I've not seen. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Pepe was like live tweeting The Bachelor at one point. You I are saw other people me. retweeting it because I wasn't following him or watching The Bachelor at the time. <laughs> I completely miss Pepe doing The Bachelor. So, oh, Pepe the at Spicy Prawn. Yeah. Is he verified? <laughs> <laughs> I'm verified, okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I've been working on Pepe for years, man. <laughs> See that that was my thing. I think we talked about that before. Like mm-hmm. the only I I well part of my work I'm a voice actor and mm-hmm. I don't do a ton of impressions, but like I have never really gotten a Muppet one down that I really like, except for I feel like I can accurately do Constantine, and I hate Constantine, so. <laughs> yeah, and you did Constantine on the what? Rebel Yell. You did Constantine on yeah, the Rebel yeah. Yell. Hi, Lou. I'm trying to. I'm Hi, go- <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. I love it. You kind of actually sound like Tina Fey's character a little bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> they had a very similar accent. <laughs> So, I'm doing Tina Fey and doing Constantine. There you it. go. There you yeah. go. Uh, in voice acting, they say if you have a bad impression, it's a new character voice. Well, that's uh, <laughs> well. Then I am all new characters, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> it's all bad. That's, imp- that's what Constantine. Oh, if I, Kay, if I'd have known that, I would have forced you into a bad impersonations theater with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> a new episode of Bad Impersonations Theater. Um, 
Well, so Muppets have always been around with you. What about the Star Wars stuff? Where did that come in? That, Same thing? I don't remember how yeah. old I was. Um, I think maybe like eight. That's my guess. I didn't mark it down because I didn't realize my life was changing. When I, <laughs> no, I understand. When I was shown it. Uh, but that actually, that came from loving outer space. Yeah. Uh, that's why someone thought I would be interested in watching it. Um, and like my bio on fangirl blog is that, you know, when I was little, I wanted to be an astronaut and then I saw Star Wars and I wanted to be Princess Leia Han Solo and an astronaut. And that was <laughs> like, I wanted to go into space. And then here is, you know, we see Leia right at the beginning. She is on a ship out in outer space. That's what I, that's really what I wanted to be doing. Right. I want to be running around outer space and living out there. Yes. So that was just an instant connection based on that and then it grew out of there so you gravitated at that age more to the science than the fiction um well no because i knew we couldn't do that mm -hmm. okay <laughs> all right time. sure but i i love i loved the idea of the whole thing what um in this i don't know if this question will even make sense but what has your experience with Star Wars and just kind of sticking through with it, what is what has kept you there? Really connecting to the characters. Mm -hmm. Um and and the idea of like hope and heart and keep on fighting that whole whole dealio. Mm -hmm. Um that whole dealio, yeah. I I didn't there when I was watching the movies in the beginning there were some books out, but I didn't know they existed. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, um, someone gave me like the second book in a trilogy of Star Wars books. <laughs> it was like a thoughtful and thoughtless gift at the same time. <laughs> Here, have have Dark Force they were Rising. Like, yeah, there was someone who usually didn't put a lot of thought into their gift. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, they, um, they just, they, okay, there's more to it than sure. that. But, um, it was like, oh, she really loves reading, and she won't shut up about Star Wars. Here's some book I found on <laughs> the bookstore about Star Wars. Here is the second part of that terrible Han Solo and his I, kids trilogy from the when they go to Corellia or whatever that. No, was it wasn't that one. It was um, it was the Jedi Academy trilogy. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and is that the book yeah. where where he ends up on the at the top of the temple in a coma, basically? Yes, Luke. Oh my gosh. I remember so, that one. Thank you, yeah. Kevin J. Anderson. <laughs> that was the, the idea that there were, could be more stories with these characters was really exciting. And at the time, I did not care about the quality of any of the books. Right. I just wanted more stories. So I started reading and then, um, you know, eventually uh, Jaina Solo wasn't a baby anymore. And I, she kind of became like my avatar in the mm. world of the expanded universe of Star Wars. Like, I I felt like her and I were practically the same person. So um, that got me, pushed me going, even if it was a book I didn't like. Right. If she was included sure. in it, then if she was included keep in reading. It and, and getting kidnapped or not, you were there. Yeah. I You know, there was a point where we were the same age and mm -hmm. she wasn't getting kidnapped as much. Nice. So that was... <laughs> That was nice. That was good. Well, yeah. and, and she ended up being a crack pilot, and yeah. uh, and and playing a big role in the Yuuzhan Vong War, and um, 
And and I don't know. I, spoiler alert, everyone, for some legend stuff. She ended up having to kill Jason, didn't she? Yes, she did. Bless her heart. Yeah. The, the whole idea that she would do something at such great personal cost for the betterment of other people mm-hmm. is always... And she was so good at beating herself up. Like, she was yeah. always the hardest person. She was the best person at ripping herself apart. And I have always been that way, too. Okay. So. Well, I think we all are. So. Yeah. Um, so, how did you feel then when... When they when they kind of went the opposite direction uh, and said, well, the EU has is, is what it was, and we're glad you guys enjoyed it, but now we can't be beholden to this to make these new movies, so we're going to have to set that aside as Legends material and, and, and now enter into a new period of canonization. Um, well, towards the end of the Expanded Universe's run, I was getting more and more frustrated with a lot of the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you you can read a bunch of my reviews (laughs) on them to get into the specifics. Um, but like Crucible was the last one and it felt like a kick in the face. Like, thanks for hanging in with us all this time. We are going to do the weirdest, (laughs) graphicest, most violent stuff to the people you love. Now, Crucible, that's the one where they end up retiring at the end, isn't it? Yeah. We've had this conversation. I feel like I'm having deja vu right now. Well, it's it's just that they, you know, the, the, they should have handed off the torch earlier. Yeah. And there's and weird visions. I wasn't entirely convinced they were actually doing that still at the end of this book. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I was not, I was getting to a point where when they were announcing new books that ended up getting canceled, I was simultaneously excited and dreading them. Sure. Did so so when they, they they were going to stop them, it was like, well, thank you on one side because they were <laughs> getting bad, but at the other end, you know, the idea that some of these characters you might never hear more about them anymore, yeah, really sucked. <laughs> Indeed, agreed. Uh, I you know I I checked out of the EU. Um, not long after the whole Yuzhan Vong thing. Okay. Um, I, I tried to read a little bit of the, le- is it Legacy of the Jedi? Legacy of the um, Force? Legacy of the Force. Is that the one where Jason Legacy started? of the Force and Fate of the Jedi. Okay, so it was Legacy of the Force. I read a couple books in, and it was just, seemed to drag so much and get too bogged down in minutia for me. Um... And, and, and of course, you know, the, the word was out that Jason was going dark and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was like, well, this, you know, and it, and it, and I guess in the wake of what happened with the Yuzhan Vong, it made sense, but it's well, go back and say like all those, not, they weren't even all Jedi Knights yet when they went on that one mission where Anakin kicks it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, They, you know, there's no way not any of them walked out without PTSD. Sure, of course. And it is not addressed at all. The Order doesn't do anything for them. Nobody, there's no reference to anything. They just all go along the way. And we get to see, like, for Jaina and Jason, what happens to them. And since they're separated, they have kind of different... Right. 
well, experiences. But yeah, so they were they were. Yeah, there I just, were issues all along. Right, well, I, but but I kind of checked out and see, and I think that would have been better than the route they went into that legacy of the four stuff because in the, they, I don't know, it just got it. Like I say, the story got bogged down. I didn't care about Boba Fett trying to find a new leg or whatever it was he was. You know, I mean, I'm just like, come on, can let's just get into the adventure of it again, and let's get into the in, and it never felt like it went that direction. What I read, I mean, it might have gotten better after a while, but for me. I was just like, I think this is where I just go to what's being given to me on screen and on the TV, you know, because by that time Clone Wars was in full swing and um, and I was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to give go with what they give me here, you know. Well, and, if and I, then by Fate of the Jedi, like, I loved Aaron Alston's books. Mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, I think, yeah, it was um, Aaron Goins had said that he couldn't remember who wrote which book in... Uh, Legacy or Pay of the Jedi. And I said, well, if it was like more lighthearted and there was humor and people were happy for at least part of the book, it was an Aaron Alston book. <laughs> <laughs> if things got messy and stuff start, stopped making sense, it was a Christy Golden book. Well, And if people were getting wounded a lot, then it was a trade ending book. Yeah. Well. And there were just, there were issues there with the- like. Because of the schedule of them writing, they, you know, someone might start writing a book without getting the finished mm-hmm. book story right. of what came before them. So there would, they would, people would, some, an author would leave something as like a, a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then the next author would not even address it. Oh man. Uh, now see, that would drive me nuts. I'm and they glad. would like introduce their own subplots and everything. And then the next author would be like, I'm not interested in yeah. that. So oh. we're not really going to talk about that. So, yeah. See, that's what I liked early, early on. And by early on, I mean Timothy's on and Kevin J. Anderson's two books, two, two trilogies, <laughs> is you had one trilogy written by, you know, one man or one author, I should say. And, and it was special. Um, you know, I, I remember seeing those, those Star Wars books on the shelf and just being like, I've got to get it. I have to have this. Um, and it was nice not having to wait so long, but it's a tricky thing to have multiple yeah. authors going around. Yeah, it's well, and it's a tricky th- to me too. It was a tricky thing not have to wait. I've never been the fastest reader in the shed, you know. Um, but I those earlier books I loved, 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 loved those books, and and just you know, um, and that I, quite frankly, what Kevin J. Anderson did with that Jedi Academy trilogy and. Even those young adult novels he did, or young reader novels, the the Jedi Academy things with Jason and Jaina and and Lobaka and Loey, Loey and and crew. Um, you know, those are when I heard about Jason going to the dark side. When I saw what he was doing in even in the in the New Jedi Order stuff, I was like, this just where's that kid? You know, I kept thinking, where's that kid that used to love animals and yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever happened to that? Well, kid? they in Apocalypse, the last book of uh, Legacy of the Force, um, they would like open chapters with jokes that Jason used to make. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's hard. That's just wrong. Yeah, authors, what are you thinking? <laughs> so, are you? And th- and here we go into speculation stuff, ladies and gentlemen. There's no spoilers. It's all speculation. Are you under because of your love for Jaina? Are you under the impression that Ray is her counterpart in this new trilogy that's coming up? I gotta say, I am hoping that she is. Okay, you're uh, you're, you're hoping that it's it's Ray Solo. 
Yeah, or, but if she isn't, she already seems really cool. So yeah, <laughs> I listen. She, I, I loved, I loved Daisy Ridley on stage at Celebration. I thought mm-hmm. she was charming, and um, you know, she obviously everything they were being, they were saying, they were given to say, as far as you know how de- how in depth they went about their characters, but. Yeah. But the character itself is very intriguing, particularly that staff. Yeah. That that staff with Darth Maul's lightsaber at the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, okay, you you're digging Ray. She she may very well be the counterpart to Jaina now in this new trilogy. Um, but Kay, I you know, look, I'm not stalking you on Twitter or anything. <laughs> But I do follow okay. you on Twitter. I do follow you on Twitter, and I do see from time to time where you'll, where you've tweeted uh, several tweets about Kylo Ren. <laughs> Is what's your obsession with, with Kylo? It Ren? all came out of celebration. It start, That's where it started, and then um, I went to another convention, C two E two, after that, mm-hmm. and it just continued there. The thing is, so so making a array costume was. Slightly insane. Mm-hmm. I'm fully, <laughs> I'm fully willing to admit that. Uh, I questioned my sanity several times while making it because two freaking screenshots from that first trailer, and there was some guesswork involved, and I really wanted it to be accurate. You did an um, outstanding job. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, when I when I went to the exhibit with the costume in it and I was like taking notes and taking photos and being like, oh, I got to update this and how did they do this? <laughs> and someone there was like, can I take a photo of you with the costume? And I was like, it's, it's not accurate. <laughs> and, <I'm> like, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? It's dark enough in here. They won't be able to tell in the photo. <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's do this. But um, they're, you know, just you're on the show floor and there's not a lot of people from the force awakens (laughs) out there and there's a a certain level level of um well there's camaraderie with everybody right but you know if you are someone from the same story or movie or whatever sure you know people will run to each other and (laughs) so we uh we spotted a kylo ren on the show floor and i was like oh my gosh, we have to take a photo together. And then I was like, wait a second, I don't know what our character relationship is. I don't know how to pose. <laughs> I don't know if we're enemies or friends. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Trisha was like, okay, I think we can guess <laughs> at yeah, this point. I, I, I think we're speculation... not on the same side. Yeah, I think it's. I think speculation is safe to say that you're, especially with that shot in the, in the uh, second teaser of the... Of the TIE fighter firing it, uh, I almost said you, but you're not. You're not Ray. <laughs> it is. Ray and I answered to Ray. <laughs> oh. When people, that was the thing, like because you know when you cosplay, um, people don't know what your name is, but they sure. may know the name of your character. So uh, I answered to Ray and Kira because that was a rumored mm-hmm. name for her. Sure. And uh, there was well, what was it? there was another one that was like close to oh Ren. Oh, Ren? Ren. I don't know. Yeah, there were. Yeah, so there was like also girl from the new movie. That was another one I got called. Hey, girl from new movie. Girl, yeah, girl from new movie. So uh, yeah, then there were a few times where I've seen like people's Twitter avatars, and it's of Ray, and I'm like, wait, is that me? 
no, that's actually from the movie. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we we saw this Kylo and we took the photo together, and um, and I took lots of photos with the any first order stormtroopers mm-hmm. that I found. Right. And uh, it eventually kind of evolved into like a game of like we should take make sure we take photos of things we think you know, situations we think Ray definitely would not be found in. Like making faces with stormtroopers sure. and like, so uh, then at um, at C two E two, I was Ray the first day, and I kind of got adopted by uh, the local five hundred first and oh nice um, Rebel Legion. They like saw me immediately. And we're like, come over here, which is really nice after celebration, where you know everyone likes Star Wars, and then you go to another convention, right? Where, you don't know (laughs) if anybody really likes star wars there uh so yeah i hung out with them some and you know more stormtrooper photos and everything and then the next day i was not dressed as ray and i found kylo ren on the floor it was like from a distance (laughs) and i was like kylo Are you my friend or are you my enemy? <laughs> he looked at me and I was like waving and jumping up and down like like you would if you just saw your best friend across the room. Yes, nice. <laughs> and he was waving back and I was like, we're besties now. We're besties. <laughs> we are best friends no matter what the movie says. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so there was a few like spottings of him and uh, then the next day I was Ray again and he was dressed as something else and i got to so i got finally got to meet him nice and but because people kept requesting photos we were like not even making complete sentences sure yeah well that's i know his first name but not his last name that's the that's the nature of the uh it's the nature of the beast man yeah and then there was you know on that on that second day there was a lot of like i think i see kylo and i tweet and like people will be favoriting and i'm like i don't even have a photo and people are excited (laughs) about this that kind of encouraged the whole thing too sure so so have you so you've stepped in this cosplaying world now Mm-hmm. Is it is it in your blood? Are you are you addicted? Are you just going to stick with Ray? I grew up doing theater acting, okay. mm-hmm. a little bit of film like student film work sure. and stuff. Um, so I'm used to being in costume and I'm used to being in character and goofing around. And uh, so I I've made like a lot of like Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and stuff before. So it, this didn't seem that new to me okay but being out on the convention floor though yeah i've never had so many people ask to take Mm -hmm. my photo before (laughs) that was uh (laughs) over here hey over here look over your shoulder it's it's like it's a nice compliment every time someone asks um but it did get it it didn't get overwhelming until the last day when i had like a whole group of people be like over here over here over here Mm -hmm. um because that was the last 15 minutes of the show. People went right, crazy. Right. Like, oh, no, it's ending. Let's do everything right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, it, get, it did get weird at times. And when you walk and you've taken three steps and then someone else asks you to stop. And then you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't even remember where I was going anymore. <laughs> when, when you were at Celebration, did you, did you cosplay every day? Um... Three out of the four days. Three out of the four days. Yeah. Okay. I I just I could not imagine. I've got a friend 
that I met from the Michigan garrison um, uh, of the 501st and at, at celebration. We hung out at the last two celebrations. And uh, in the first time, the first celebration that I met him at, he was, you know, on and off trooping. And uh, the last time he went, he's like, I, he was just going and he wasn't trooping at all. Um, he was just going to, you know, enjoy the con. He's like, it's a lot easier <laughs> in some ways. He's like, you miss it in some ways, but in other ways, it's like, it's nice to be able to go from point A to point B <laughs> Yeah. without, without getting, without yeah. getting stuck. Yeah, and stopped. I, uh, Trisha Barr was with me for mm-hmm. uh, large swaths of time and she would like hold my, because I had like my camera and I was taking photos yeah. and then I didn't want my camera to be in the photo, so she'd hold it. She'd be taking photos for people and that was super helpful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've decided that the next time I go uh, to celebration, I'm going to cosplay as uh, cosplayer security. <laughs> I'm just going to get like well, a dark dark suit, dark glasses, and and an earpiece, and kind of talking to my wrist all the time. Yeah, at the um, C2E2 show, I was with uh, the guys from Nerd Lunch, which is another podcast that I appear on frequently, and um, they kind of ended up becoming my security there you go well you gotta have it you know especially being the being the only ray out on the floor you, you had to now i want to ask you this have you seen the vanity fair photos I have. okay uh, are you uh, how okay how are you about spoilers i don't go looking for them me either okay i'm the same way and i said on the most recent rebel force radio that i had the opportunity to be on with jimmy mac that I think that with the Vanity Fair stuff, I'm kind of, I might be done. Yeah. You know, as far as like what I will actually, when I know it's out there, go look at, you know, until the next trailer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, it just felt so revealing. Everything felt so revealing. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was just, it's interesting the, 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 the thought process I got from it because I didn't expect such clarity um, of so many different things. And, and and reveal. Are you talking about like with Kylo and the Chrome Trooper? Kylo and the and the Chrome Trooper, and you know the reveal that Lapita Nyong'o is indeed a digital character. You know, even though I'd heard that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it just seemed like there was just a lot there, and then and then just to look at all those aliens that I know will all be background characters, you know, and won't be necessarily. Um, it's like the old days when you would pick up uh, a figure in the in the toy store and it'd be Squidhead, and you're like, "Oh man, where's he going to be?" And he just kind of shows up real quick in Jabba's palace in a couple of shots. You know, mm-hmm. I know that, but I just look and I'm like, "Man, this is this is a lot. This seems like a lot to me." I love the the cover shot um, with uh, with Han and Chewie and mm-hmm. and and Ray and Finn and BB-8 in the cockpit of. I mean. Gee whiz, it's the Falcon cockpit for crying out <laughs> um, You know, but uh, is it, are you, I mean, you know. I will say Celebration changed some things for me. Okay, in what way? Because people felt compelled to tell me theories and things they mm-hmm. heard and sure. possibly some things that might be true. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's... Um, uh yeah. It's I'm not hard. gonna say who said what right. but or 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 what they all said, but um it was like because I was wearing the costume people I got felt you. compelled sure. to talk right. to me about it. Yeah. And so 
there are things I know now that I didn't, I wasn't looking for. But you didn't know. Okay. All right. Well, I, I tend to try to, I'm not staying, like, I'm not a spoiler free kind of person. You know, I'm like, this won't ruin it for me. I, you know, um, but, well, for example, with episode two, Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. I went into that movie knowing basically from front to back what was going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things that were visually surprising and amazing to me, but by and large, there were no story surprises. And that's kind of how I wanted to experience that movie. I wanted to devour every single spoiler. I, w- I read the novelization before I saw it. There had been a leaked uh, leaked copy of the movie Get Out Online somehow uh, that I got my hands on. <laughs> um, I I bought, I had the soundtrack in my possession before it was available. And so, I mean, I did everything as the sneaky internet guy who figured out everything and knew everything going in, right? And it was fun. Had a blast, you know? And then going into Revenge of the Sith, I said, well, this is the last one. You know, I'm not going to go search. I'm like, I'm like what you just said. I'm not going to go looking for spoilers. Spoilers came to me. Mm-hmm. Is what happened then, and but not that much. And so when Palpatine utters the line, you know, learn to save, learn from me, and you can save your wife. I'm like, what? You know, yeah. he knows he's done this. That magnificent, you know. And I was, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so with this, I'm kind of taking that episode three approach of, uh, you know, I'm not looking for it, and and you know, don't. And so on the show, we don't really spoil everything, but like. I, I can't, but at the same time, I'm a weak person. <laughs> I can't avoid leaked photos, and st- I just I can't, you know. Well, I was I, I feel like it probably shouldn't be publicly saying this, but if anything is my weakness, it's Ray. If anyone, you know, when right. people want to tell me things about her, then I'm like, oh, okay. No. <laughs> um, and anything else? Like, no, nope. Don't tell me about that. I don't because well, I'm a host on hyperspace theories and it's about storytelling and speculation Mm -hmm. in star Wars. And in the beginning we did a lot more of, um, and we'll, you know, we'll eventually probably get back to that of talking about what rumors were or whatever. And my policy with my co-hosts on that was they can go read all they want. If they find something they think it's important to discuss or that I really need to know, they can tell me, but they tell me for the first time when we're recording. You get my genuine right. get <laughs> reaction to sure. whatever it is. Yeah. And so we haven't had a whole lot of that. But they they are reading everything, and I am reading only anything that's been officially released. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the interviews that are coming out in Vanity Fair, they've had, like, web ones, and I'm reading all right. those. And, um, you know, there were things that uh, Kathleen Kennedy said at that Japanese press conference that are coming out, and I am reading that. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Uh, well... What she said. Some saying? of it has to do with Ray, so of course oh, okay. I'm reading that. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, she, one of the, well, the translations aren't, you know, 100%. Sure. To, to be correct with the, <laughs> that, um, that staff of Ray's that she uses that to fight with. Mm. In oh. the movie. Yeah. And, and it's, um, and? It's like, a, it's, a, it's a part of a Japanese martial art, which I don't know how to pronounce. Mm-hmm. I don't want to butcher it. It starts with a B. Um, and there are videos online and you can watch people fighting with that. It's very impressive. But they said that, Kathleen Kennedy said that Daisy Ridley is very good with it. And yeah. she was like scaring grown men on the set. Oh, nice. <laughs> but I would think anybody whipping around a stick would make everyone step back. And and, and that's a lightsaber at the end of it. <laughs> she did not say that. Oh. 
did not say that. Well, let me ask you to speculate on something with me. Okay. And in that one picture on the, it's like a couple of page spread. It looks to be with all the aliens from Maz Katana's castle mm-hmm. or whatever. Is that Bosk just really old and fat? <laughs> I, he, I mean, like he's wearing the clothes. It's like he's just. It's like he has hulked out of Bosk's clothes, and he's like, "Well, I'm just old. I'm too old and fat to care anymore." Uh, you know, they're different. You know, of the same species, they, I understand. they come in different weights. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm just looking though at his clothes. I'm like, uh, I'd heard someone say that looks like a fat Bosk, and then I look, I'm like, it does look like a fat Bosk. Well, just... Michael Kaplan, the costume designer, and his Mandy Fair web mm-hmm. extra thing said that they did not reuse any costumes. Oh no, the... I'm no, it's definitely not reused, but it's original trilogy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think. I don't know. From what he said, I would get the impression that they didn't do that on purpose. Well, I I think it's Fat Bosk. I okay. think that I think that after the debacle with Han Solo, and and you he know Boba Fett, lot. he drank a lot. He's like <laughs> he's like it was my one chance to make a good impression on the Empire. You think any of those bounty hunters that failed lived? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, you see Dengar in in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. Um. I don't. I don't think the idea when when the bounty hunter showed up, the Vader was saying, "You fail me and you die." I think it's fail me, you don't get paid, which is a, for okay. a bounty hunter is a fate worse than death. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think he just got depressed because he thought that was his one big shot. And just looking at this picture now, I'm I'm making a whole story up for Bosk from Empire on, and uh, and he just found himself drunk in a cantina and uh, never looked back. Never looked back. And became a bouncer for this this uh, katana lady, Kanata, <laughs> Kanata, not katana, yes. Kanata. So that's my. I'm gonna pull out some knives and start fighting people. That's, that's right. Yeah, she's it's suddenly she's a she's a Marvel supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> Her hands because Edward the Edward Scissors hands of the uh, of the Star Wars universe. So, well, um. Really quickly, because it's kind of getting late, and I don't want to keep you any longer. And I appreciate you so much for being on this long. Um, I've had a good time. I can talk forever. Well, okay, done. Um, you you said Empire is your favorite Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Your favorite your favorite Star Wars is Empire. Um, mm-hmm. What what about it? Why? Um, I feel like you know, like a New Hope. Well, mm-hmm. okay, the dialogue and all of it. Is sometimes a little interesting. <laughs> okay, like, you All know, right. it's not it's not always the best. But there, I think it, it really was Kirshner's touch. There is this extra depth to all the characters and heart to the whole thing. And even though it does not have a happy ending, I just really connected with it even more mm-hmm. than the first movie. I. Uh... And again, this is the naivete of childhood. Just growing up with Empire Strikes Back, it was years before I realized, oh, this really isn't happy. Because everyone was everyone was smiling at the end. I don't think I don't think, you know, in the early years of watching it, that that's how I thought of the ending. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like I need to acknowledge it because (laughs) people are like, but that wasn't a happy ending. Right, right. Lando sitting there in Han's clothes and. (laughs) <laughs> Luke got him a new you hand. No, they're looking out a window and they have hope that things could right, change. Right, right. They're looking into the bright center of the universe and they saved Luke. 
from yes. that pole. <laughs> yeah, from the weather vane underneath the, yeah. the radio antenna or whatever it was. Um, in Okay, speaking of Luke and his hand, uh, in, in a couple of weeks we're going to be doing the... Uh, the Geek Out Loud Book Club, and uh, the the book that everyone picked out uh, over at the Goliverse Reads, uh, or the Goliverse group on the Goodreads page, geekoutonline.com slash reads, was Heir, Heir to the Jedi. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to be a good host, I've been, you know, going through, I've been listening to it. Um, I consume all of my books these days audibly a lot of times, so you can find, hey, if you want an audible uh, trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash geekout and get one. Um, and there's a moment in that book where Luke gets scratched in the sewer <laughs> and then gets his hand in some gunk and he's worried about you know what it, the infection it's going to leave on his hand. I'm like, and he mentions it's his left hand. <laughs> you're like, you're going to lose it. I'm like, it's alright. Yeah, yeah, you can let it go. I was. I was like, it's going to go away, man. You're fine. You're good. You're good. Um, I remembered you didn't, and I remembered you talking, and we, we kind of ended up putting you on the spot a little bit with Eris that time, uh, <laughs> you know, about your review and everything. Um, we have settled things, him and I, so good, we're good now. Good. Uh, I want to ask you, have you read uh, Sith Lords? Yes. What do you Lords think? Lords of the Sith. Yeah, Lords. I can't. Okay. <laughs> this is how bad I am with titles anymore these it's, days. Well, the thing is, I know, because I kept writing on my to-do list, like, keep reading lots. Keep reading <laughs> <laughs> and one day I looked at it and I was like, why would I tell myself to read a lot? That's right. weird. And I was like, oh, wait, that's, that's the acronym for the It's not even really cr- proper grammar. Um, what'd you think? I did not like it. Really? Oh, yeah, we're not doing very well. Me and Star Wars you books and Star right Wars now. <laughs> um, that's, wow. Then we had a completely different reaction to that one. I, it was just... I, my Star Wars, mm-hmm. what I love about Star Wars mm-hmm. is about that hope that I was talking right, about before. Right, right, And there was no freaking hope in that no, book. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So I I don't take that well. It was, you know, it was kind of a, a foregone conclusion for those rebels. The, those poor people. Yeah. Those... So it was just a matter of like where and when. Yeah. Are they all going to be snuffed out? And that's not I, I, something I wanted to read about. Yeah, really. I I don't want to spoil anyone if you haven't read it. I I love the the opening. I I love what they did with Vader. Um, you know, you got See, this... I liked Vader better in Tarkin. Okay, all right. I I just liked in this that he was. I mean, he was He's just... He's a supervillain? Yeah. He was B.A., you know? I mean... He, except for when he was with the Emperor. Except... Exactly. And that's... And I think that, to me, that's one of the things that intrigued me about the character of Darth Vader, is that when it's just him and all the normies, you know, he, <laughs> he stands out above, you know, and, and he's fearsome, and he's someone to be feared. You know, he's Vader walking around the bridge of his Star Destroyer, choking people out for coming out of light speed too soon. And... When the Emperor shows up, he becomes Vader on his knees. You know, yeah. he will. I will say that that he was much. It was much more like a reminder that that's Anakin in there. Yeah, in in, in moments, but in other times too. Vader, but but being reminded that Anakin was in there did not neuter the character. You mm-hmm. know, which which has happened in in 
several recent years past, you know, is, is that because of the portrayal of Anakin, I think, in the prequels, that a lot of people chopped the legs off, no pun intended, Vader, um, as far as being as, as menacing and as villainous as he was throughout the original trilogy until you hit uh, Jedi. Um, yeah. Well, we've, this is something we've talked about on um, on Nerd Lunch even recently, that that there are so many things in, in Star Wars that get mentioned like offhand or, you know, someone's kind of a mysterious figure and you come up with ideas in your head for what right. it is. And then if something like the prequels comes in and fleshes <laughs> that out, then it might not live up to your expectations. Sure, sure. Yeah, but, you know, with Vader, I don't think that... I don't think that you, there was a mystery. I don't know. I, because here, what do I know about Vader? The first time we meet him, he he strides onto that, and I'm talking about in the chronological order of the release of the movies. Mm -hmm. um, he strides on. That's immediately that. what I thought you were talking okay, about. Good, good. Well, sometimes people get confused. Like, no, I we know. first meet Vader. Uh, is when he strides on that blockade runner, and then the very next scene, he's choking somebody out. Like, got him lifted up off the ground. You know, and when he shouts orders, man, people jump. And then you're like, well, okay, so he's uh, answering to Tarkin, but he's got this force thing that he's doing. He killed Obi-Wan, you know, and killed Obi-Wan seemingly uncaringly and callously. <laughs> um, when we talked about that on the other show, I called it a tired slap fight. <laughs> 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 there, there is that moment where the gun goes, chick, 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 and they're just kind of, yeah, they're okay, thanks, Kay, for ruining well, that. Especially for me. with the the thing is, I didn't think of it that way when I was a kid, but then the prequels came in and mm -hmm. had awesome lightsaber right, fights, right? Well, and that one didn't look no so cool anymore. And you know, there'd been rumors about them doing a digital uh, Alec Guinness and a digital Vader to spruce up that fight. Well, if it turned out any, if it would turn out anything like the digital uh, Jabba the Hutt they added That's true. in the special edition, no, thank you. Well, here we go. Um, so I don't think it, I don't think they've gotten Jabba correctly since Return of the Jedi. To be mm -hmm. honest with you, it's just the voice. I feel like the voice has been off on everything. I feel like if you could get a decent voice of him, then then I would I'd forgive the look. Um. But uh, anyhow, no, where was I? Oh, but then and then when you see him in Empire, you know, he uh, and at the end of Star Wars, he's just blowing t uh, X-Wings out of the sky left and right. Mm -hmm. And then when you see him in Empire, he's choking everybody out. He's laying a trap for Luke Skywalker. He cuts off Skywalker's hand. He's like, I'm your father. Skywalker drops to his death. And then he's like, just come on with me. And you're just like, what is this guy up to? But you, I, I don't think that that there was too much. I don't. Boba Fett is someone who was mysterious and who may have been disappointing because of his origin in the prequels. I don't. I think that with Vader, we kind of knew where Anakin was going, and I think people were disappointed with how sappy he <laughs> was. Um, I think most of people's disappointment with Anakin comes from Episode Two more than Revenge of the Sith, and maybe a little bit Episode One. Because he was too young, you know, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, it's a kid!" I don't know if they expect him to be pulling, you know, legs off of lizards or, you know, showing signs there's, of a serial killer or what. But I feel like there's still a, there's a, and I think partially because you know they were in two separate trilogies, it's easy, at least in my mind, to like break Anakin and Darth Vader pretty much into two different characters. And I think that's what you're supposed to do, though, as well. And yeah, well, metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader killed Anakin. Right. And, but, you know, I don't know. There's just, there's, 
there's still this air of mystery to Darth Vader. And sometimes when books fill that in, mm. I see what you're that saying. That kind of, right. you know. I see what you're saying. Is like, oh, well, yeah. he's less imposing now. Well, I was just geeking out over the references to the Clone Wars that they put in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, spoiler alert, I really thought that what this book would end with, because I'm like you, I'm always looking for the light at the end of the tunnel with mm-hmm. my Star Wars. I really thought this that, that book would end with, um, I, I really kind of expected Chim Syndulla to die. Mm-hmm. And I expected that to be, you know, there to be like an epilogue with Hera. You know, mm-hmm. taking up the the cause um, because she did get mentioned, and very, very uh, briefly. yeah, very briefly. And so I I just kind of expected that to pay off later, and it never really did in the way that I expected it to. But that being said, I liked it more than I liked Air of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Air of the Jedi. It's funny because I didn't really love Tarkin mm-hmm. when I read it, and now these other books have come out, and it changed my opinion of Tarkin. No, Tarkin wasn't really that bad. Makes Tarkin look like a modern-day Darth Plagueis. No, not quite, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, Yeah, it's it's interesting when new stuff comes out and then you can appreciate certain parts. Well, and I'll I'll repeat my thoughts in a few weeks, but to me, Air of the Jedi has played out like a video game. It you is know, so heavy-handed. It's like, well, here's this task. Now we've got to go to the next task. Oh, you yeah. accomplished this goal. Level up, you know. And um, and it's just, it is. It's it's and everything is just blatant and and like I don't oh, like. Oh yes. I don't like Luke trying to flirt. You know. <laughs> oh, I think part of even what makes it that weird is you know that this is him first person narrating him. Yes. Flirting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of first-person narration in books anyway. You know, I think it could have worked. Um, and in my review, I talk about what I think could have changed and helped it. Because uh, part of what bothered me was that he kept doing such dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But because he was he was telling this as a story that happened in the past, uh, that he kept acknowledging that it was dumb right. as he was telling it uh, to us. And that was just like, double hit over the head dumbness and but it all works out for him of course he's luke skywalker yeah because every, every he does something dumb he goes hey i did this dumb and then i did this dumb thing and then they someone comes in and goes no it's okay because <laughs> it's fine it's fine we saved your bacon here <laughs> um well you you caused me to think of something as you were talking about the oh the 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 book the narration thing. Uh, I'm generally not a fan of first person narration in in a book. It it's got to be done really well. Yeah. Um, have you read The Martian by no. Andy Weir? No, I am afraid to. Why is that? Because uh, bad things happening in outer space is <laughs> uh. Is he like you know to an astronaut in outer space? That's a that's a mm-hmm. no go zone for sure, me. Sure, sure. Hits too hard. Oh well, I so like I haven't watched Gravity because that's, yes, that's a nightmare. Okay, yeah, Gravity is tough. Um, but this, The Martian is actually. Did you watch Apollo thirteen? Uh, yes, like kicking and screaming the whole way through it. <laughs> yeah, this... it was really. 
this really. I think we watched it at home, and I would like run out of the room yeah. and have to be like dragged back in. <laughs> this really feels like kind of Apollo thirteen with Mars. Only you, it's told a lot of it's told from like the Daily Journal of the astronaut who's stranded on Mars, hmm. and and his experiences are told with such humor and such just real life like you know how this guy would really be saying things and Mm -hmm. and there are moments where um like there's one moment where he's like he says something in at the end of his journal he's like i just hope i don't go crazy i hear people in solitude a lot of times do and then and then the next journal entry is how does aquaman talk to whales (laughs) (laughs) and so it's stuff like that that kind of and you're kind of on the edge of your seat but it's it's really a fun a fun ride with you know fake science and everything involved um but uh but just saying but i that's one that's an example where i really like the first person narration um it actually happens in the present with him you know you're you're getting the idea of this was this was my day today Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I did, and this is what I accomplished, and this is what I hope to accomplish tomorrow. And then in the middle of the book, it switches to what's going on on Earth when they realize the guy's alive up there. And and so then you start to get, then you get a third-person narration of what's happening at ground control. Um, and so, and then from there, it's just on like Nick Bone. But um, they're going to be making a movie with Matt Damon. Yeah. So. Did you see Interstellar? I have not seen Interstellar yet. Okay. How was it? There was a little bit of my nightmares in there. Oh, no. Oh, no. What about uh, Contact? Did you ever see Contact with Jodie Foster? I did, but I don't really remember it. Okay. It's too beautiful. They should have sent a poet. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting space travel movie. Um, just because it was a different way. Like, it was more of dimensional travel than space travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they kind of open up a wormhole right there on yeah, Earth. Yeah, there's there's definitely trippy things yeah. in Interstellar that you have to be like, wait, what? What is? How does that work? Um, but there are also like people being abandoned places and um, oxygen issues. Sure. And, oh no. Yeah. No, can't do that. Well, yeah. let, let me uh, quick fire. It's just... funny because like in Star Wars, someone gets, you know, they have to eject out of their X wing and stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me nearly as much <laughs> as it. Well, because it's not a plot it's, point. It's a, yeah, it's a quick. Yeah, it's a. That's I, not I, what this. Yeah, that's not what the stories are right, about. Right. Um, and and I haven't, you know, seen someone in you know, like fly an X wing and all that. So, well, in re- real life, really quickly to close out, let me let me just rapid fire a few obscure space movies. Okay. To see if you've seen them and what you think. Uh, the Last Starfighter from the eighties. Yeah, a long time ago, and I don't really remember that one either. Okay. All right, all right. Black Hole, Disney's Black Hole. No. You've never seen it? No. It's kind of boring. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, sorry. Um, What's its name? I know you haven't seen Muppets <laughs> from Space. Uh, kind of a kind of a space movie, but not quite Independence Day. Yes. What do you think of it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I hate it when people don't like Independence Day. It's, it, I don't hate it. Right. Just, oh, it's not like it didn't change my life or anything. It's just no. one of those fun fun movies that I love. Um, did you see the documentary when we left Earth that they did this, the multi part documentary for Discovery? No. About the space program. No. Oh my gosh. Um, I've been to Space Camp. Can I get some points for that? Of course. Have you seen Space Camp? I have seen Space Camp. Too. Oh yeah. What'd you think of it? It's silly. It is silly. Yeah. It's good, silly '80s fun. Uh, Disney's Flight of the Navigator. Oh, geez, yes, 
but again, so fuzzy long. on that one again. Okay. Uh, the uh, E.T. Yeah, I didn't like E.T. Oh. I don't. Okay, I don't like. Um, a he. I, I think maybe at the time when I saw it, he seemed too real. I didn't like, like I like aliens you, again in sure, Star Wars. Sure. But when they are on Earth. When they're on Earth walking around. And they're around. creepy and they're having trouble communicating <laughs> with you and you don't know what they want. Yeah, they just want to phone home. My <laughs> sister loved that. And she, there were other movies that came out later that were mm-hmm. kind of built off that idea and were similar to it. And I couldn't even be in the same room when she'd watch them. Um, And now just more in the geeky line. I want to, I want to go back to when we left Earth. This is a Discovery. It was a multi-part documentary they did using like original footage and stuff, and and you know they HD'd it up and all. And it is they walked through all of the space program up until mm-hmm. the point that the thing was, um, you know, had been produced. It is fabulous, fabulous. Oh, write it down. Um, so I, I, you know, take a few days and enjoy <laughs> it if you can if you can get your hands on it. I love it. Um, Really quick geeky stuff, you know, to kind of spin off the the space things, just quick hits. Uh, The original Superman. Yes. What? I've seen it. Thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah. Okay. Thumbs up. All right, good. (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs down, yes. Uh, Man of Steel. (laughs) Man of Steel. (laughs) All right, now I'm getting it. Yes is good. (laughs) (laughs) It was so destructive. <laughs> I love Henry Cavill. Oh my gosh, and, yeah. But um no on that that movie. It's just Batman oh. v Superman Dawn of Justice. Oh. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really looking not for board. I grew up loving Batman. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the Christopher Nolan movies. Okay. I know it kind of set off this whole everything needs to be dark and gritty thing. Um I, I love Batman Begins. I, but yeah. Yeah, but that, it's so it's kind of a big deal that there's a movie with Batman in it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna really see that. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> the uh, well, you 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 mentioned the Nolan movies with that. Have you seen the uh, the Fantastic Four trailer? Yes. Does it do anything for you? No. Yeah. In part because the Fantastic Four never okay. really did much for me, so right. I wasn't particularly looking forward to well, that let's one. Well, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Their whole thing came from an accident in space, so. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and I I don't know. I just, I didn't really latch on to the first sure. movie. I don't understand why they're making it again. Right. I didn't see anything in the trailer that shows me why they're making gotcha. it again. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, the The Jurassic World. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm excited about that one, even though, who knows, it might be horrible, like Jurassic Park 3 was. Oh, come on now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, a friend and I uh, kind of MST3K'd um, Jurassic Park 3 sure. in a movie theater. Oh, in the movie theater. <laughs> yes. Well, I got to be honest with you, the people I saw it with, we did too, and we had a yeah. blast. But later on watching it, I, it's actually, to me, a superior movie to Jurassic Park 2. Uh, you know, I haven't rewatched it recently, and it was something I was considering doing before mm-hmm. Jurassic World, even though I think it's probably totally unnecessary to do. Um, but yeah, I did watch The Lost World recently, and just it's 
so hilarious watching Julian Moore run around with the baby dinosaur. <laughs> His head just keeps moving and the tail. <laughs> Uh, what 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 is precious about that those movies to me is, is the first, the second one especially is they actually reused the the T Rex that they they had that they built for Jurassic Park and um and then something just happens there in the middle of it it's like well now we're going to take I don't know they, they take them to during Los Angeles or San Francisco where they and I'm like yeah. what is this what is happening here yeah why is this thing going on. That's but, where it really gets off the rails when you leave the, the park. Yeah, don't leave the island. Don't <laughs> leave the island, whatever you do. But uh, this Jurassic World thing. It seems like thing, for the Jurassic World trailer, they can't leave the island. So. No, no. And it, it looks, uh, you know, uh, I'm on board. I'm there. I'll be yeah. there. I'm a sucker for it. Um, well, I, and I, I really love the whole campaign they did with, like, building the Mizrani Global website. And they have a whole corporate website. And then the the park website is like a real theme park where they have like wait times for rides and is this on, is this like on the real internet? Yeah. Wow. On our our world's internet. I didn't realize that. <laughs> there's I, a Jurassic World website and it you know it will be like what is a, what is that? It's almost feeding time for this dinosaur. It's, I think it's just JurassicWorld.com. You have opened up a new world to me. There's Heart like a menu tickets. for one of the restaurants on the island. Oh, you got to be kidding me. The Raptor Pass. Come yes. <laughs> Plan your visit. Oh, safety first. Don't feed the dinosaurs. Man, I'm all about it. That is hilarious. Have you ever read any of the books? No. Um, I had a friend, a really good friend in college, who we both loved the first movie, and he and I, and he was like, have you read the book? And I'm like, no. He's like, it's amazing how well it's written. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I've only read the first one, but it is scarier than the movie. Really? Because what I've yes. heard is, what I've had, what I've heard is that it it's way more science than the There is. Than, than There's the a lot more science. There's also... A lot more uh, death, I think, than in the right. movie. And, right. And uh, things, scenes, and interactions with certain dinosaurs that weren't. Right. The movie at and all. that's, well, and when you see the toy line for Jurassic Park, I'm like, well, why wasn't that dinosaur in there? Yeah. Why well, there's it? like a whole thing with a aviary that's not finished being built, but they end up having to go into, and there's pterodactyls in there. Well, see, that's. And that, it that, seems like that's something that's going to be in Jurassic World. Yeah, but it also seems like that got thrown into Jurassic Park three. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, with those the when the when the uh, when the big pterodactyl just lands and kind of starts staring at him and and kind of walking. It's actually but I just cool. when I think of that movie, I think of them like behind bars, like they kept just doors just try keep trying to pull doors in front of them <laughs> that's pretty much the whole movie that's true that's true Put something between us and these dinosaurs that's true well and th lots of rain <laughs> Lot, lots uh, well uh, it's tropical yeah you gotta you gotta understand it's tropical down there i wonder so. if it will rain in jurassic world of course it will why wouldn't it and will it switch from day to night very quickly <laughs> and will and will they be at what looks to be level ground but uh, actually, five feet later, there'll be a big drop off. Maybe if you look at the, uh, the that's what happened with the um, uh, with the T Rex. The T Rex. Yeah, thank yeah. You. When the car goes over. Yes, thank you so much. I was having a hard time 
having a hard time finding my words there as I always do. <laughs> so, well, uh, Kate, thank you so much for thank for, you for spending, having me. Man, it's been a blast. You're welcome on this show anytime. Yeah. That you got something you want to talk about or, or plug or anything. And by the way, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, you you've mentioned several podcasts throughout the, the course of the the course <laughs> I of the show. A lot of. I'm on a lot of podcasts. Um, my podcast is Hyperspace Theory, mm-hmm. and you can find that on uh, iTunes and uh, where else are we? You can find it on fangirlblog.com. We have all the episodes on there. And that's where I write about lots of things, um, lots of Star Wars, but also Muppets and Doctor Who. And uh, I'm there's a I'm reviewing some fandom-associated teas. That's coming up soon. Oh, wow. Well, and also, we didn't even talk about Doctor Who. Yeah, we can have a whole other episode on that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I can do my companion voice impressions. Oh, my gosh. Which ones? Um. Well, kind of River Song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm working on them all still. They're, okay. they're workshopping. But uh, Rose Tyler. Nice. I like doing that one. Now, which Rose Tyler? Rose Tyler during the first time she was there or when before she came she back? Before she forgot what her accent okay. was? <laughs> yes, before yeah. she forgot how to do it. <laughs> she did something with her S's when she came back that I don't remember her doing in those earlier episodes. And yeah. It just kind of like she got new teeth or something put in. I don't know. Yeah. We- I, well, I've heard she said that, you know, like it was really cold out and that was pulling her focus and... She's just distracted. Yeah. Well, bless her heart. Bless her heart. Well, uh, everyone, check out her. Check out Kay's writings at fangirlblog.com and uh, and find the hyperspace theories over there. You've been wonderful, Kay, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Can't say thank you enough. Thank you that. too. Uh, if you want to email the show, it's geekoutonline at gmail.com. Of course, the Goloverse Goodreads page, geekoutonline.com slash reads. Go join up with the book club and get on get in on all the fun discussions we've had. Uh, this will be our fourth book, I think, coming up when we do Heir to the Jedi. You can follow us on Twitter at Geek Out Loud, at Goloverse, at Steve Glosson. And of course, K is at geek underscore K on Twitter. And you can read all about her Kylo Ren obsession uh, there. And, uh, <laughs> nice running joke. <laughs> I, we're, at, we're at this point with the movie where we're like, we don't really know a ton about him. And I'm having fun with that. That's fun. Well, listen, and as Muppet fans, I love a running gag. Yeah. So, myth? Myth? Uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com slash geekoutloud. And, of course, always, we thank you guys for um, using the Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com to do your Amazon shopping. Helps the shows out tremendously. And to everyone who supports us at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and it means the world to me. I say it all the time, but I mean it. It saved my life over the past year. And uh, I just love you guys so much for your willingness to support uh, the entire Goldiverse that way. Uh, once again, uh, don't forget audible.com, audibletrial.com slash geekout. Head that way, get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. You won't regret it. It's good stuff. Audible's wonderful. You've heard, you know. But if you're listening to this, you probably already have an Audible membership. But hey, what the haze? Make a new one. I don't know. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Kay, I, I've said it five times, but I'll say it again. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough either. This is a blast. Anytime you want to come on, you tell me. I mean, you now what here's here's what happens when you guest on Geek Out Loud. Now you have the freedom to say, hey, I want to come on and talk about this. 
Excellent. So that there you go. Uh, to everyone else, 4K, I'm Steve. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. I do love Janice and all the old Muppet movies. So do I. <laughs> I think I connected with her because she's the only human female. <laughs> the, the, the jokes of when everyone would be like, quiet. And I said, look, buddy, I'm not going to post nude for anyone, okay? For sure. For sure.